Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the Mike Heller Show. Call the show at 877-729-1070. Send a tweet at Mike Heller Show. Now, alongside John Audius, here's Mike Heller. Putting all this stuff together as we get underway on this Wednesday edition of the Mike Heller Show. Um, there are there are changes in the landscape. There are bright spots in the landscape. Uh, and then some of it is uh, the continuing uh, challenges that we're going to deal with going forward that uh, maybe in some ways even have gotten more significant. So we welcome you in to this Wednesday edition of the Mike Heller Show. I'm Mike. John Audius uh, is practicing social distancing. Well, we are because I'm in a, a location in Wanakee, and John is in our Fitchburg studios. Hi, John. How are you? Hey, fellas. What's up? Uh, what is happening? What's going on? What do you know? Uh, what do you know since the last time you and I spoke one hour ago? I wanted to go golfing, try to get a tee time. I guess that's yeah. not going to work. Not going to happen. Not going to work, no. No, we're going to visit with Gary D'Amato. Uh, he'll join us in about uh, 17 minutes or so to talk about that. Uh, we got the uh, we got the lowdown on it. It's it's all. You're not golfing, right? You're not going to golf until April the 24th. That would be the earliest time. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I I understand. And I think, in fact, we promoted the idea of, of social distancing and staying away from others. I, I'm all on board, except I don't understand if we can, and we have been, you know, uh, we've all been doing this, taking the dogs for a walk. Uh, we don't have dogs, but getting out for runs and walks and on your bike and and being out of doors, as long as you're not close to others, as long as you're not gathering in groups and I guess I don't fully understand the inconsistency as that relates to being at a golf course so there's a part of that conversation that I don't get I don't like Um, I do understand that there is an isolationism going on that we all must observe but that is no different in my world in my viewpoint unless I'm missing something than taking a walk or going out on a run or on your bike. Um, the golf courses would have to be responsible in certain ways to augment what we do. But nonetheless, I'll, I'll leave it alone. We'll visit with Gary D'Amato on that in a bit. Also, we're going to play back an interview we have with Charles Davis. That'll happen at 335, Charles Davis, Fox Sports uh, analyst. and uh, he, He's just really good in, in all things, and that was a good conversation. 
Uh, we'll have Amon Green uh, live and on the program from 4 until 5 o'clock. Brian Posick in the 5 o'clock hour. And John Feinstein, one of the great American sports authors. He will join us. Uh, we talked to him already today on the Rich Eisen Show. It's an outstanding conversation. At least I think so. We're bringing it back to you um, just after 5.30, bottom of the 5 o'clock hour. So we welcome you aboard. This is um, – here we go, right? And it's and- – Go ahead. I was going to say, and it's interesting about golf, just to get back to that for a second, is it's not like any other, like you're touching everything. You're touching your own clubs. You're touching your own ball, right? You're not, we, we talked about how yesterday, how you can pull the cup, raise the cups out of the green. You're not touching the flag stick or the cups at all. So it is, you can pay for things right at restaurants. I don't know why payment would be an issue with a golf course if that's what they're, I don't. It seems like golf could be one of those things that you could still do, but apparently not. No, I, I don't. Um, well, I don't understand it, and we'll get a, a, some clarification and maybe a better understanding or maybe just frustration as we visit with Gary D'Amato. Uh, and yesterday, this was up in the air. All right, so I, it, I am not promoting illegal activity. Oh. What? Okay. What? Well, if you have to start a sentence with, I am not promoting illegal activity. So this is not me endorsing breaking of the law. Is this a law? I, let's just, let's just go for it. What All are you right, talking about? So let about? me, let me continue on this path. If, um, if uh, a said golf course were to put out uh, uh, an honor system bucket for people to play, and just didn't enforce anything, as long as you were paying something to play a round of golf or to be out on the golf course, their golf course, um, who's, who's going to enforce the restriction there? You know what I mean? So just pick your local golf course, and if you were to drop 30 bucks in a, in a bucket on your honor system and go to the tee and play 18 holes walking and observing the idea of keeping your distance from whoever might be in your twosome, threesome, whatever, to observe that social distancing, who is going to enforce? You think the 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 police are going to um, write tickets or, I mean, what are they, what are they, what, what happens? I, I, am I promoting? I think I am. I'm I think you are in, in a weird, strange way. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what would happen there. It's interesting to think about. I think most golf courses would abide. It wouldn't say, hey, we've got a secret honor system to go golfing. Um, but I, I understand the whole concept of what you're saying, though, is, you know, what what are the who's who's going to stop us from doing these things? I, I get it in almost all ways. Right. I mean, you can't go to the bowling alley. There's no way you could go um, uh, uh, because there's too much, uh, too many pieces of equipment, too many things that are touched. And and uh, in, in that space, in the open air of a of a golf course scenario, like even a driving range, I don't know what John, I don't know what they're doing at by tents and other places, but you could, there it gets a little tricky, but if you had people only using every, if you separate it out and had using every third stall and you can't use the technical 
equipment there, the TVs and the ball tracking and those kinds of things. And then in between somebody hitting, those areas were wiped down and disinfected. Um, you would think that you would be able to do that. But I think what we're falling under here is that you can't, right? So I think what we have to do is, I don't even know if you can do this. <clears throat> Back in the day, here when we I go. Was a, okay, when I was uh, growing up, teenager. Grow up on the tough streets of South yeah. Central. We have this, you know, this wide open by by our school, right? We have this wide open uh, uh, grass, right? Or field. Yep. Not really a field, but, you know, mowed. And we created our own little golf course, me and my buddy Jamie Hoffman. Yeah. And we would just set up, like, sure, <laughs> broke, like did. from here to here, this whole one, come back for hole two, come back over here, go around the baseball diamond for hole right. three. Like, what would stop somebody from setting up my own little uh, par three? Nothing. Okay. It's just not going to be very good. No, fun. no. But as long as I get to swing a golf club and hit contact the ball and, you know, it's better than nothing. I yeah. know because people look, do look at this. I know a lot of people are rolling their eyes going, who gives Probably. a crap about golf right well, now? Well, it's a way for people to avoid being stir crazy as weather gets a little bit better. We're talking about the end of, uh, of April before they would allow the use of uh, golf course facilities. Hmm. I get it. I understand. I understand it on both sides. I'm a golfer, so I, I have a different view on this. But I'm also a runner, and I, that's not being restricted. Um, as long as I, you know, observe social distancing uh, for those who are triathletes, uh, they're not being restricted from running or biking. Uh, now, I suppose when the weather changes, they could open water swim, but they don't have access to uh, water otherwise, as we visited with Beta Nelson yesterday on the show, an Olympic caliber uh, swimmer who is having to do everything dry land right now because there's no access to uh, to swimming pools. But the other things we get to continue to do, and again, I, I, I want to make this pretty clear. I'm not proposing lawlessness because I, I think we should do more to protect ourselves, not less. But uh, I don't know how being at a golf course or being out in that environment is really any different than those who are walking their dogs or taking a run or riding their bikes. By the way, guess which term I'm already sick of and I can't wait to not say it in a year or a Tell few me. Months. Social distancing. Right. I already hate it. Yeah. I already hate it. It's only been, it hasn't been two weeks since we've been bringing this I up. I see that somebody did uh, tweet out pictures of uh, NBA defenses who were socially def- uh, socially distancing themselves from Ben Simmons yeah. when he was at the Ark because <laughs> nobody would guard him out there practicing that uh, six feet of separation. We've been doing that on Ben Simmons for a few years. <laughs> I think that's kind of funny. Uh, Gary D'Amato is going to join us when we come back. We'll, we'll get his perspective uh, on the golf world. Gary D'Amato, Wisconsin.golf. Uh, somebody who knows this industry as well as anybody. Uh, Gary D'Amato joins us when we come back. You're listening to The Mike Heller Show. On 1070 The Game and the iHeartRadio app. We roll on on this Wednesday afternoon. Welcome aboard. This is The Mike Heller Show, joined by John Audius. We are socially distanced. I'm doing the show from Wanakee. John is in our studios in Fitchburg. Momentarily, we will welcome in Gary D'Amato, who I believe is on the road. 
So, uh, so we're going to be in all parts here in just a moment as we uh, continue the conversation. One of the conversations that was here yesterday, and we continue it today, is on the stay-at-home order in the state of Wisconsin, which yesterday at some point was a bit ambiguous as it uh, was pertaining to golf courses. The ambiguity was taken away by Governor Evers, but not in a good way for the golf community. And we welcome in Gary D'Amato, who joins us. Um, Give me, Gary, an understanding of how yesterday kind of transpired, and and now we understand officially that Wisconsin is a non-golfing state until April the 24th. Yeah, at least for the time being that, you know, there's there's no knowing if uh, Governor Evers is going to amend or rescind or, or um, lift that restriction on golf because it happened in Illinois. You know, they uh, they banned golf uh, last week and a couple days ago uh, reversed it, and now people can play golf in Illinois. So there's a lot of people putting pressure on the governor and the, uh, their state legislators right now to bring golf back. But, yeah, yesterday was kind of a crazy day with um, – no one knowing for sure exactly what that that order meant as it pertained to golf until about ten thirty at night or late at night anyway in the evening when uh, when in an FAQ Governor Evers answered the question about golf and said pretty much basically stated that golf courses had to close because they were non essential businesses but it was a crazy day. So as we sit today, I know the WSGA and the Wisconsin uh, section of the PGA. We're both actively involved in and in working through attorneys to figure out how it um, dealt, how they could deal with this, and so that may be ongoing. But it was clarified; the ambiguity was taken away later yesterday or last night by Governor Evers. Correct? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, yeah, there, there, you know, some courses were open. Some, some had read that order and, and um, interpreted it to mean they had to close. Um, Nagawaki Park was open. Um, the Waukesha County, the great popular Waukesha County uh, course was open until this morning when Tom Halla, who uh, manages the course, showed up at the course and, and read our story on Wisconsin.golf and realized he had to close the golf course. So they were prepared to open and had a full tee sheet today because the weather's you know really good today. Yeah. And so, um, so there was, yeah, there was a ton of confusion out there. So how does this, what is your view on this? Because obviously you mentioned Illinois that originally had golf courses in the stay-at-home order, the non-essential business standpoint. Not that golf is essential, but it's not all that different from the, uh, the purview of being out and taking a run or riding your bike. I mean, golf courses have to observe certain things in order to allow it, but what's your view on how that might roll itself forward? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I think the only thing that's fail-safe when it comes to coronavirus is locking yourself in your house for a month and not having contact with another right. human being. Right. That's the only thing that's 100%. So there is a small amount of risk in almost everything you do. But I think when it, when you look at the safety spectrum of activities you can engage in and be relatively safe, uh, I think, in my opinion, golf is high on that spectrum. Uh, it's up there certainly with... Uh, with biking or hiking or, you know, fishing, bait shops are open right now. Boat launches are open. Um, and it, it certainly is as safe as any of those activities. We also talk in the bigger picture. I know that um, the U.S. Mm-hmm. Open uh, is slated for New York State later this summer. We've seen the, the Masters uh, Championship move at, you know, potentially cancel, but right now uh, postpone until maybe an October date. 
How do you see this playing itself out? You have the AmFam Championship coming up first week of June at University Ridge as it impacts our state and the golf community at large. Yeah, right now there's no tournament golf at all in in, in the month of April in Wisconsin. I think May is looking extremely iffy. And then you get into early June uh, when the AmFam Championship is scheduled, June 5th to 7th. I would say that, although there's been no announcement yet, I would say that, you know, it's uh, it's looking very iffy that that tournament will be played at its scheduled time and will be postponed or maybe even canceled. Um, it's really unfortunate, you know, a large chunk of the uh, PGA Tour season has been canceled or suspended. The Masters, as you say, probably is going to looks like it moved to going to move to October, and the U.S. Open in in June in uh, New York. Uh, I think that one's up in the air too right now. Yeah, and and you know th- these are all if we just simply talk about. The business of it, from a tourist standpoint, it's incredible business and commerce for those communities. I think of the AmFam Championship and the monies that are are plugged in from um, from a spectator standpoint. And rest- hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps—you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus brain fog insomnia moodiness achy joints weight gain maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older or that's what your doctor tells you but midi health understands that for women over 40 they can all be connected Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Restaurants and hotels and that, but it's also the give back component, right? We're talking about millions of dollars that go back into um, grants and education funds because golf is is incredibly benevolent with their tournaments and all of those things take a hit. That's a really good point. Uh, yeah, the golf races, uh, races millions and millions of dollars for charities. The PGA Tour, all the tours do. Um, they all have presenting sponsors uh, and those presenting and title sponsors, you know, fund the tournament and, and fund many charities in their communities. So, that goes by the wayside. And then you think about if golf is canceled um, for the month of April and maybe even longer, you think of all the the Monday uh, and Tuesday events in our state that that raise money for charity and what happens to those events. So um, there's a lot of angles to this and certainly a lot to think about. And and it just in the we think of the private business sector, the small business owner. For many, that's what golf courses are. Now we talk about city municipals. Madison's had significant struggles uh, from a municipal golf standpoint, 
but also the the private ownership of golf courses. This is their only revenue uh, season and stream for many of them. And the golf industry has struggled at times, certainly in, in the last decade or so in that area. This could be catastrophic for some. Absolutely. You know, in a healthy economy with a healthy populace, golf has struggled. And especially, as you mentioned, some of those smaller mom-and-pop courses. Um, I talked to the owners, the new owners of Old Hickory in Beaver Dam. They bought the course last August. They had a bad fall weather-wise. And now they have a pretty decent spring, but they can't open their golf course. And the owner, Ryan Stray, told me that, um, you know, his only source of income right now is two-go food orders. And, you know, that's pretty minimal. So, yeah, you have all these courses that employ a lot of people. Um, and it's like all the other industries that are stuff suffering in our state golf is not special in that regard or not any different. But you do think of all the employees that uh, are going to are being laid off and are going to have a really, really tough time these next few months. Now, and Gary, this is um, your uh, part of your livelihood as as well. And, and this is a very busy time of year normally for you. How how are you working through this and what is the, the, your landscape look like? Yeah, you know, I sleep for Wisconsin Back Golf and Clarny Golf Media. And um, in a sort of a weird backward way, I'm, it seems like I'm working harder than ever right now just to stay on top of this uh, developing story. It seems like it's fluid and changing every day in regards to golf in Wisconsin. And can courses open? Are they going to be able to open? What's going to happen now that the, you know the order has come through? So I think in the last uh, 36 hours, I've written three different stories and posted to our website and we're getting a lot of traffic because um, there's really not that many places to turn for golf news right now. Let me bring it back full circle, uh, Gary, to, to where we started as we uh, finish up our conversation. And, and what is your belief? Maybe where is for the golfing community at large? Is there hope that Governor Evers may flip this around as they did in Illinois? Are there legs to that concept that this could turn the other way? I, I really do believe there are. I, there, are, I just got an uh, email from the National Golf Course Owners Association, and golf is being played in 31 states right now. And in in 10 of those states, they have a very similar stay-at-home order um, with non-essential businesses closing. But yet, in 10 of those states, golf is being played and golf courses are open, providing they follow you know safety guidelines. So, I think as Governor Evers gets more information, here's some golfing constituents across our state and looks at what's happening in other states i i mean i don't know but i would i'm speculating but i think there's a i think there's a decent chance that um that golf courses will be reopened before april 24th what would what would those golf courses what would that look like uh, gary when you talk about the restrictions uh, you're talking about wider space tee times um, no rakes in sand traps, uh, benches, ball washers, things of that nature, no water on the course, uh, no indoor services. But otherwise, have I hit on the key issues there that would have to be established in order for that maybe to move forward? I think you hit on most of them there. Um, you know, obviously golf carts is a concern. Certainly there won't be shared golf carts where there's two people in a golf cart. Um, some courses, I would imagine, would outlaw golf carts entirely. I know they had done that at Nagawaki um, until it closed uh, today, where you you had to walk the course, and the Nag is a very tough course to walk. So I think there will be a lot, of, lot more walking in golf than usual if, if golf courses open. And if you do um, take a cart, I think it will be a single rider cart. That's just kind of what I've seen in other states and what probably would happen here. 
Well, we'll we'll stand by and and follow you and see if there is a, an update as we roll forward. We appreciate you spending a little time with us and uh, wish you the best and thanks for all the information. Sure, my pleasure. Stay safe. Yeah, you bet. You too, Gary Tomato joining us uh, on the program and. John, I think that what that does there is it gives you a sense of optimism that a smart decision will prevail here. Not saying that the decision out there right now is dumb, but we have seen it flipped around in other states. And Gary D'Amato says 31 states in this country are allowing for golf, and 11 of those have stay-at-home orders. So I would think maybe we'll we'll this is worth watching paying attention to that it might not be an absolute done deal that golf courses are shut down till april the 24th so stay tuned on that front all right when we come back charles davis of fox sports nfl college football analyst charles davis joined us earlier today on the rich eisen show very good conversation you'll hear that when we return you're listening to the mike heller show on 1070 the game and the iHeartRadio app You know, part of uh, what we've had in sports talk since the shutdown of on-field, on-ice, on-court, all of our sporting events, is uh, longer conversations in our industry. Longer uh, interviews, of which uh, you're going to hear one right now with Charles Davis from earlier today. And one of the great things about these is that these end up being conversations, bigger picture conversations, rather than talking about the game that was played last night or the one that's going to be played tomorrow. I'd rather have games, but short of that, these are really good conversations. Here's one we had earlier today, John and I guest hosting on the Rich Eisen Show, and our conversation with Fox Sports' Charles Davis. Charles, these are obviously unique times. I, I love your perspective on things, and uh, so I don't even know what your perspective is here, but I'm already anticipating about the position we're all in as people who make a living and, and follow and use sports as uh, our, our livelihood and, and our listeners who use it as their primary diversion in life. How has this played out for you amid COVID-19 and the restrictions we're all under? Well, hello. First of all, hello. Hope you guys are doing well and your families you. and anyone who can hear our voices. I hope the same for for all of you. I, I think for me, it's been, you know, I think like most of us, there's there's a roller coaster aspect to at least some of it. And the tough part is, in a lot of ways, we're fighting ourselves because most people we know, ninety nine point nine percent of the people we know, want to do the right thing. The hard part is we're battling something that's not visible. If you haven't run up against someone or have someone in your life that that is that is that has has COVID nineteen, then it's maybe it's a little bit tougher to grasp. You feel like if you do all the right things, you'll be okay. You know that sort of a deal because that's kind of how we're used to living. And because we're in the sports world, as you guys well know, we often get criticism for continuing sports at difficult times and is it the right thing to do whether it's a player like Brett Favre who played the night his father he found out his father had passed away right. had a big game okay cool is it is it as much as after 9-11 how long do we postpone sports it came back fairly quickly President Kennedy gets shot the NFL plays college football delays who's right 
You know what I mean? Those sorts of things. And, yeah. and, and the last thing I'll say on it, guys, very quickly is this. All the athletes that we know, the Olympians are going through it now knowing that they're postponed. The collegiate athletes, the high school athletes, all the ones that didn't get to finish seasons, didn't get to conclude championships. Yes, there's, there's something bigger out there. It's called the world and it's called our lives. We get that. But no one, in my opinion, should be upset with these youngsters, with these people for being upset right now that they can't conclude their sports. It's okay to be both ways. It really is. Cornell's number, Cornell was number one in men's and women's hockey going into the tournament. They never got to play it out. Iowa's men's wrestling team was going to likely have, at all 10 weight classes, an All-American. They didn't get a chance to play it out and conclude, their, conclude with a championship. Their first since 2010. You see where I'm going? High school, yeah. college, all of that. It's okay for them to be upset. It's okay for them to be disappointed. They will come around and figure out it's a bigger mission later. But it drives me insane when I hear people go, well, it's not such a big deal. There's a bigger thing. In life. We know that. But, they, yeah. but have, you, have you put it all out there like these people have? Maybe you have in your business. A lot of people's businesses are going under. Maybe you have in, in other ways. We get it. But don't be upset with our sports world for those people not getting a chance to finish it off, they'll come around. But it's okay for them to be upset initially. Charles, there's no shortage of news from the National Football League, especially, and let me start here on the musical chairs game being played with starting quarterbacks in the NFL. Tom Brady to Tampa. Uh, We see right now Jameis Winston doesn't have a place. Cam Newton doesn't have a place. Joe Flacco doesn't have a place. Um, We've seen the movement. What Do you have an idea as, in your way of thinking, the best fit for Winston and Newton? And is there a <laughs> limit, limited number of teams that have – is it just a couple? It only takes one, right? Where do they go? Yeah. That's a great question because I uh, – let me just put it on the table. I was wrong about Brady. I thought he'd stay in New England. Wrong. I thought because he was staying in New England, <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater would end up in Tampa. Wrong. Right. Okay. All dominoes. Phil, Phil, yeah, I get it. Philip Rivers is the only one I got right, and I feel like we all got that one right. So let's look at it this way. The way that Anthony Lynn as a head coach in, in, with the Chargers was as a coordinator in Buffalo may give us a clue. Because remember, in Buffalo, they went to the playoffs under Sean McDermott with Anthony Lynn calling the plays and Terod Taylor as his quarterback, who will now be his quarterback until further notice. But a all-around quarterback run game, can throw the football type offense. Anthony Lynn's used to running that. That feels ideal to me with Cam Newton, especially with a team that needs to sell some tickets. And I like Austin Eckler a lot. Terrific player. Is he going to sell tickets like Cam Newton might? Probably not. So that to me fits. Football first, but maybe a little bit on top of that. With Jameis Winston, Pittsburgh fits to me to be the backup to big men mm-hmm. because of their ability to push it downfield. I just don't know if they have the cap space and the money in order to bring him in. I mean, they're kind of strapped a little bit. So, so that's what I look at in terms of what I think are really good fits, regardless of whether or not it can actually happen. Now we got to see the other part, and the last part is this. Newton and Winston may have to swallow their pride a little and both be backups initially as opposed to walking right in and being starters. Are they willing to do that, and for what money? Are the Patriots going to stay put, or could they be a team that swoops in and, and grabs somebody? I think that they will. I think that they might swoop in and grab someone, but again, it's got to fit for them, cap-wise, all the other stuff. I mean, the first thing I thought was Andy Dalton. 
but I don't know if they want to spend that kind of money on Andy. I just don't know. I mean, look, this is a New England team that hasn't really had to deal with this for the longest time, but the last time they dealt with it, Matt Castle was their backup quarterback, and they didn't make a big move after Tom Brady got hurt, did they? Matt, he remember Tom Brady got hurt in the season opener. Matt Castle came in and essentially was the quarterback of record on an 11 and five season, which crazily enough they didn't make the playoffs. It was an 11 and five record. You know, it just kind of yeah. tells you a lot about New England. They like they like their homegrown people. They brought back Hoyer. If they make a move, I don't expect it to be one of those blockbuster type moves, guys. Charles, uh, I want to pull back here from for a, a little bit of perspective because I'm curious as to what the competitive athlete is doing right now with very little access to being yeah. competitive. You know, visiting yep. uh, a couple of days with uh, the concept of workouts that athletes are better when they work out together because they push mm-hmm. one another and nobody else can do that for them other than others who are in their same spot in life, uh, physically, athletically, competitively. Right now, that's all kind of gone. Do you have a concept of, of what those people, what the athletes we talk about, what they're doing? They're, 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 go, they're, they're going bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> it's what they're doing. Right. They're going bonkers because that's their release. That's what they do every day. That's what they. That's that's that competition, that competitive side. It was funny. I'd heard someone or a friend of mine who's, who's still a current athlete, okay, and was talking about this is so bad that my sister just got on me because I didn't let her little son be more competitive when we were just shooting hoops out in the backyard. <laughs> You see, for them, for them trying to turn it off, difficult to do. Yeah. And my biggest worry right now is if all of our, you know, all the smart people out there who know about infectious diseases and are telling us to isolate, stay at home, all these things, the longer this goes without that competitive Jones, will some of these athletes start creeping and finding ways? You know what I mean? Look, yeah, I know right. what's out there, but I've got to do this. And will they be at peril doing it? And I know I'm being a little bit dramatic, but you guys have been around world-class athletes. <laughs> they, they don't they don't last long or do very well not not competing. You've hung out with them at barbecues, and before long, if we're playing you know wiffle ball, yeah, they're throwing they're throwing down in the backyard. You know how it goes. <laughs> so I posted a uh, a Twitter poll question today on the Rich Eisen show here, Charles, that asked. Of the NFC non-playoff teams a year ago, and I limited to Dallas, Tampa, and the Rams, which one is the best equipped to make a Super Bowl run? Now, the obvious would be Tampa on the Tom Brady, but do you have a thought on those, and is there somebody I left the Bears? With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. 
It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Out, I left Atlanta yep. out. I left Arizona out. Is there somebody else that we missed? Well, I don't know that. I don't know that there's a miss, and 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 I'm you know I'm not trying to overanalyze it either. Let's go with what you just posited. All right, you said Tampa, Dallas, and the Rams. Let's just start with them. The Rams right now, well, the cap caught up with them, and they didn't get the Super Bowl. Right. So right. they're actually moving in the opposite direction, it might appear, because amazingly enough, the Arizona Cardinals, who we left for dead last year, are actually making really good moves. <laughs> so all of a sudden, you could make a case that right now, the Rams could be the number four team in the NFC West. Think about sure. that. Yes, right. Okay. Dallas should have won the division last year, had every opportunity, didn't get it done, brand new coach, the whole deal. I think that they're better positioned. Obviously, they've got Dak franchise tags, et cetera, et cetera. I think they're better positioned that way, but they have to shore up a few things. And some of free agency did not help them. I still think the offensive line is going to need some shoring up. As great as it's been, with Frederick now retired, Tyron Smith's been dinged up for a long time now, they've got to start making some moves there to keep that train going the way that they want it to go with Zeke and crew. But I still believe that they are a pretty good football team that underachieved last year by record. And then last but not least, you're talking about Tampa Bay. We know what the deal is with them. It's all about Tom Brady. We all just figure a 7-9 and team last year that had six games that were one-possession games that they didn't win. If Tom Brady's piloting them, you figure, okay, you cut that at least in half, right? <laughs> at least. Right, right. You figure that they're in the mix, and they're going to keep getting better on defense. Atlanta is the team that for the last two years we kept thinking was going to be there and haven't been. Could they quietly put it together now and make that run now that you know they've, they've retooled the, the staff again, they've done all this, that, and everything? I think that they've got a chance. But that division now, the NFC South, is going to be a lot of fun to take a look at. Charles, I want to take you back to Tampa just for a second. What can go wrong? How does that go sideways in Tampa? Most people have viewed it and talked about it as all of the things that will go right because Brady will not turn the ball over. But if it goes sideways, why does it go sideways? Tom Brady all of a sudden is 43. You know, it, it happens to everybody at some point. You know, Peyton Manning just turned 44 yesterday, right? Happy birthday to Peyton. Is there any real argument that that was it the second year in Denver where he oh, was just great. carving? He was carving people up, second or third year, whatever it was. He was carving people up, and then got hurt, and didn't tell anyone about it. Really, right? We had to kind of finally ferret it out that he had, you know, done a. a I think he pulled or tore a thigh muscle, and it changed his throwing motion. It changed everything. Right? It, it was never the same heights that we saw before. Those are the things that happen. You get to be 43 years old, something goes wrong, boom, all of a sudden he's 43. The other thing, obviously, is injuries. And last but not least, if they don't shore up the back end of their defense, then it's shootout city time again. And I don't know that Tom Brady wants to play shootout city each and every week. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Those are all the things, and and I don't know that it will go the way a lot of people think. I think there is an equal opportunity that it doesn't get there, but – uh, we'll see that play out, and hopefully we will in real time. Hey, hey real, real quick, real quick, can yeah. I ask you this? Yeah. With Brady, when we look at Brady, this is, you know, I'm 55 now, so I've seen a few things, but not everything. Oftentimes when you make a deal like this late in his career, 
you immediately think of John Unitas and Joe Namath in new uniforms, and boy, were those disasters. But those guys were past their prime before they went to the new teams. I don't think that we're at that stage with Tom Brady. This feels more like Joe Montana going to the Chiefs. Can still play, not at the same level as before, but still good enough to have optimism for your team. The Chiefs went to the playoffs, but they didn't get there. I think Troy Aikman's the only guy that I know that played for two different coaches and won Super Bowls when I'm talking about a coach and a, and a, a quarterback are tied together. Starr didn't do it with Lombardi. <laughs> and I'm talking about guys who won more than yeah. one title. You know, go through all of them. And Troy's the only one I'm coming up with, and I don't think that he would be real excited about saying he won one with Barry Switzer. <laughs> okay? <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't the goal for him. He won two with Jimmy, one with one with Barry. I don't know that he's going to give Barry that kind of credit. But, you know, Sean Payton and, and, and Drew Brees have only won the one, so I don't include them in that list. Bill Parcells won two titles with two different quarterbacks. Joe Gibbs had a different quarterback every time he won one. I'm talking about the guys that are tied together, head coach, quarterback, and we talk about them forever. When they get separated from each other, they don't win. And when I say win, I'm talking about Super Bowls. This is going to be a fun race to watch. Can Belichick get there without Brady? Can Brady get there without Belichick? I agree. It's going to be absolutely fascinating. Charles Davis, uh, one last question. The NFL draft, I know the some of the GMs felt like maybe that should be pushed back. They wanted more time. Um, what do you think? Do you, do you like the idea of just going on as scheduled with the NFL draft in late April? I do, and, and, and for this reason. I think that everything has stayed on the schedule, so everyone's in the same boat. You know, it's not changing or making it better or putting someone at a disadvantage. Everyone knows the dates. Everybody knows the deal. We know we're not going to get the same FaceTime with the kids you got before. Who will be more creative and figure out how to do it better that way? Whose reports were better along the way during the course of their career? All those things come into play. All right? And by the way, you stay on schedule so that if we do defeat this, right, and we get past COVID-19 and they give us the signal to go, we're now ready to go. If we start pushing things and continue to push them, we haven't even had the draft yet. We haven't done this. We haven't done that. Now try and pull your team together and have them go. This feels a lot like the lockout in 2011, in a sense, and maybe even better because things can continue to go forward. The downside, of course, is you won't get the coaching ahead of time because OTAs, mini camps are likely to all be scuttled. Yeah, I, it's it's such interesting times. The NFL has been the least affected. Uh, I know they closed their business offices today around the league yep. as a mandate from the commissioner's office. But the NFL has pretty much done business as usual. But you have an Olympic background, right? Uh, yeah. Not as a yeah, competitor, but committee. yeah. So think of think of that world. And and we talked with one of uh, the best swimmers in in on the planet yesterday in the backstroke, who's a Wisconsin native. And, uh, you know, those dreams, not dashed, but they, they're put on hold for a full year. And you, you have a, a, an interesting view, I'm certain, of that from being on the committee. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I used to run the Olympic Training Center in, in Colorado Springs, did that for four years earlier in my career. So you got to see them. And we used to talk all the time at the Olympic Training Center. Our joke was, we knew Mary Lou Retton before, anyone, before Mary Lou Retton was Mary Lou Retton. Right, right, because right. you, you see them develop, right? You see them yeah. come up through the ranks. You see them do all those things. Well, you have age factor that comes in. If you are an older athlete, does this one year take you too far to still be at your peak, right? Do you pass your peak without even having that last opportunity? Do you get hurt over the next year 
you know, because you're still trying to get there? Does a kid who's too young right now to qualify for the games now have a birthday and can qualify next year? Is that the one that comes up and beats you out of your, so your, your, maybe your last go? All these things come into play. You know, they were tapering down, getting ready for the Summer Olympics. Now you change your training again. You see, I mean, so many things yeah. come into play here. And look, we were around for, was it Dan Jansen and, uh, and um, oh God, who was the, the, the other, uh, hepta- you know, uh, the Catholic. Um, they had that big competition with Reebok and oh, Dan O'Brien and, and, and Dan oh yeah, Jansen, yeah, yeah, right? yes. Uh, yeah. Or whatever. I'm sorry, I keep getting his name wrong. But anyway, you guys know what I'm talking about. And they had that big competition and, and, and ad campaign. And then it, it, he fizzles at the end, right? He no heights for the last time. And guess what? Guess what? He's not going to the Olympics. Whoa, those types of things can happen in the Olympic trials. So this is where it's really difficult. And that's why I say, as I said in the beginning, it's okay for them to be extremely disappointed. Yes, life is bigger. We're worried about bigger things, quote unquote. But that is their life. That is their profession. That is as big as it gets in their world give them a chance to grieve for that a little bit, and then let them figure it out. Yeah, that was Dan O'Brien and Dave Johnson, and O'Brien failed failed to make the team. Uh, as, as and he was the number one guy there. in the world. And, right. and, and remember, yeah. Reebok thought that – if that was not a slam dunk campaign for Reebok, nothing was. Right. Could you imagine being the Reebok people when they announced that he no-heighted at the last one and now he's not going <laughs> to yeah. make the team? Right. Could you imagine being those executives? It, what? Yeah. And what? you're talking about it because it, it, nothing's given. It's not a team that's chosen. It's a team that's qualified for, right? Mary, I mean, it, Mary, in that case, it's numbers. Mary Decker in the 84 Olympics. This was her best opportunity. Held every running, held every distance record that we knew in the United States, one of the all-timers, and had injury issues along the way. This was her chance. And Zola Budd from South Africa, which at that time was not allowed into the Olympics, they got her citizenship in England. And she qualified. She was a young kid. She's 14, 15, 16, whatever she was. Remember, she ran barefoot? Yeah. And she and yeah. Mary collided. They had they had a bump. Mary gets hurt, hits the set. Remember that face and the agony yeah. of yeah. the pain of knowing it was over for her? And I remember people going, how could she be? What do you mean, how could she be so? <laughs> do you know what she yeah. put into this? It's and a life. Kid, I mean, this is tough. This is tough for people. I feel for them. I really do. That's Charles Davis joined us earlier today on the Rich Eisen Show, a longer conversation about the state that we're in right now and the sports world and society as a whole. Always a good conversation with Charles Davis. Glad to have that opportunity to bring it back to you. Amon Green will join us the entire 4 o'clock hour. Game on with Amon Green gets underway when we come back. You're listening to The Mike Heller Show. On 1070 The Game and the iHeartRadio app. Send a tweet at Mike Heller Show. Now, alongside John Audius, here's Mike Heller. Underway in the second hour of the program, I just tweeted out this uh, Dion Broxon KTVM video from 
Yellowstone National Park today, right? Uh, that's uh, where that is in um, Montana, right? So he's doing a stand-up. But, John, you make a good point. He's doing a stand-up, but in Montana he's probably, you know, locked down the camera on a tripod, and he's doing his own stand-up when there's a, a herd of bison. They're bison, right, or bison. Now, I know North Dakota State is the bison, right? It sounds like it's a Z. I'm going to go with bison. I feel like if you said it like that, people would just believe you, like, well, he must know a lot about bison. Yeah, so the bison are apparently walking towards him. So he stops the stand-up, and then I tweeted, uh, retweet saying, how does the camera operator not get the shot of the bison? But he's, you're, you're probably right, John. He's probably the camera operator, but then uh, it's on him. And then he should have, as he's whipping the camera down uh, to throw it back into the tailgate of his uh, station vehicle, he probably should have at least gotten a shot or kept the camera in the car so he could have taken the shot through the windshield. Kind of miss the the money shot there, don't we? We just have to, and plus we just have to take his word for it. Right. Maybe maybe it never happened. Faking viral videos. Maybe he faked it, John. It's entirely possible. We welcome you aboard. This is uh the game on hour with the Mon Green. John, when we do that, we have a whole different open, right? It's game on with the Mon Green. With the Ninety-eight yards and a Lambo leap. Yeah. On ten seventy, the game. The game. And this hour is brought to you by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. Mortgage lending done right. For more information, go to fairwaymadison.com. Also brought to you by Stoughton Trailers. Stoughton Trailers built by the best to be the best. Check us out at stojobs.com. Hello, Amon Green. Hello, Mike. Hello, John. How you doing? Everything okay? You doing all right? Uh, isolation, keeping your social distancing practices in play? Yes, I am. Everything's going good up here in northeast Wisconsin. Yesterday was actually my, I say, final day for now at Lakeland University where it was all only essential job uh, personnel can be on campus. So. Yeah, There's your no esports re- going on now. I'm not essential right now, so it's yeah, all good. Your recruiting is <laughs> uh, is cut off, and uh, the the opportunity uh, to be out in front. Well, you can recruit, yes, um, you know, but not in person. Yeah, so, I can recruit through email, um, yeah. through text yeah. messaging, but yeah, nothing face to face. Not until everything gets lifted. Until yeah. you know, if it's late April, early May, we don't well, know. We got to wait. I said this. See. I said this yesterday, and uh, I'll repeat it and see if you uh, agree. I would. I would assume it is that. Although we're in a, a shutdown world right now, the the esports world, um, other than in person events, my guess is is thriving. Very much so. It you know Overwatch. I, I believe I talked about this last week. Overwatch, Call of Duty, um, even Fox Sports got into it. As you tune into the podcast, the Gamers Lounge podcast, myself and uh, Ben was on it today talking about. You know, esports continue to move on. Um, you could download that at the iHeartRadio app, and so even Fox Sports got into it last weekend with a uh, Formula One racers, where they actually had simulation uh, in a car, uh, a semi uh, uh, put together car that actually had video, you know, using video games as the uh, platform and to broadcast that out. And just I say, just in the last couple of days, last twenty four hours, I got reached out by contact that I know from Vegas that's working with Fox sports and 
they're going to do the same thing with, with former and current football players. Yeah. We're going to play Madden this weekend. And I'm reading uh, through the contract right now. Um, and it's going to be myself. Uh, let me see. Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Adrian Peterson are going to be playing Madden online, you know, to help out the uh, fundraising efforts with COVID-19. So Michael Vick, TJ Hughes-Manzada, Darvin James, safety from the Chargers, Matt Leinert, Orlando Skandrick, uh, and myself. We're going to play online in a televised through Twitch um, broadcast for uh, fundraising efforts. But to, to now. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away way your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. If the gears to at least have something on the on the telly, or on your computer or your, your your iPad or your cell phone to entertain people in the sporting right. world. That's awesome. That's awesome, Amon, because uh, what? how you feel? Like, do you feel like you can beat those guys? Do you know? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I feel, I say I'm going to be, I say as confident just knowing I, that I play religiously two or three games a night. I don't know about them. I don't know about any of those guys. Adrian Peters, I say the guys that are retired, like Mike Vick. I know TJ. I know TJ very well. And he is a Madden gamer. So that that is the one guy that I'm really worried about. But then the younger guys, like Darvin James, he's only two, three years in the league, so I know he plays. Juju Smith-Schuster is a known gamer. He's done EA events um, already. He played, he's really good at Call of Duty. So I already know them will probably be my top two competitors. Um, AP, I don't know. He hasn't really talked about it. I've seen him do a lot of interviews, never brought up. But, but that doesn't say he doesn't play. And Mike Vick as well. He was a poster a kid, a child of the game, you know, being on the cover years ago during his career. And uh, Alanto Scandrick, Matt Leiner is all the verdict is out. But I'm going to go in just a being humble about it, being ready, just like I, <laughs> I was when I was a player. Make sure I do my practicing and learn uh, and learn anything new if I can to get ready for this Saturday. Uh, if we <clears throat> if we bring this back, come on to what's going on uh, in the competitive traditional sport environment uh, so your um, current green bay packers players current nfl players uh, other sports which uh, are all part of the the concept let's take it to football what are they doing right now they don't get use of the team facilities uh, those offices and facilities are shut down as of today the health clubs they belong to are closed um, how, what would you Put yourself in their shoes. What can you do right now to make sure that you're doing the things you need to do to be ready when they reconvene? Well, like most players, I say put myself in those shoes. If I was currently playing right now, um, I already have a ton of 
the workout equipment that we usually have at a at a, at a team facility, the quick foot ladder, um, jump ropes, cones, uh, footballs. So I would get together, you know, either one by myself or with uh, with somebody in my family and set up the cones outside. I know here in, in my neighborhood, we got a grass field up around the corner about a mile away. It's, a, it's two. It's actually three soccer fields connected. So I would bef- definitely be out there running, working on my cardio, um, running sprints, running routes, maybe not catching the ball. If I'm not, you know, my wife, Marie Orm is not right. <laughs> yeah. But uh, but no, doing things like that. I mean, you know, taking um, I got yoga DVDs, making sure I'm staying in shape that you doing my yoga, um, reading my playbook, um, talking to my coach over the phone, which I can do, you know, anything in that a- aspect, because I know through current players and active players that are already on rosters check in, I believe it's next month in April. So you got still a couple of weeks where you're, where you're home and you're going to probably be home for a while longer. So just having that routine, get into that routine. And I say, that's the biggest thing Just get into your own self-made routine that gets you ready for when time resumes back. And that time resumes back. If it's June or July for football players, it's still mini camp time. It's still training camp in the, in the wings, just waiting. But for other traditional sports for baseball and basketball, they're going to have to be ready to go because they'll be right into playoff push the half of a regular season and get right to the playoffs. And then baseball will be going into, I mean, basketball, yeah, be doing all the same thing along with baseball. So just think ahead, proactive, be proactive um, and get outside and run and lift. And if you can lift, get, you know, get, if you have yourself a weight room built, you know, somewhere in your home or near your home, use it because you're going to need it. Uh, John and I were talking with somebody uh, within the last couple of days that talked about the the environment that that professional caliber athletes work out in is to push one another, right? I mean, you guys work out together because your greatest push is going to come from working out with those who are in your same shoes. That is restricted now. So, I mean, but everybody's in the same boat, correct? I mean, you're all in the same world right now so if it impacts somebody it's not an unfair disadvantage because it's impacting your competition in the same way exactly it, it's something you yeah you want to work out with the best i mean mentally what i would do i would just put myself in a situation when i'm thinking about what ricky williams is doing i know he's out running you know so i'll do that because i can't call him up and say hey ricky let's run together because of um of, of, of potentially spreading the virus, you know, between one of us or both of us. So just being, you know, smart in that aspect, but still motivating yourself to push yourself just as hard if you were uh, training with a teammate or an opposing uh, teammate from another team that just somehow you got a connection. If it, the fact that you guys went to college or something together, but now are on two different teams in the NFL, but you want to get better. And now be an the idea of doing that to make sure also you stay in shape, but also being being wise about what uh, in terms of being aware of what's going on in the world. Uh, Ricky Williams might be doing something else, Iman. I'm just saying. Well, right now, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right now. Well, I mean, even, yeah, maybe even back in the day, he might have been. Um, oh, no, I'm just man. joking. Uh, but. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the NFL draft, they've been talking about just continuing the NFL draft as normal. I know some GMs want to push it back. What, what are today's, um, the, the guys who are going to be drafted coming up here in a month, what are they missing oh, when they're man. not going to be able to go out to the draft? What, what is that? What do you think they'll be missing out on as far as that experience? It, it's just like what all seniors 
I've seen this all over media feeds um, from all over the Internet and social media is those seniors in high school, in college that were going to experience either playoff push or or March Madness. And some of these Olympians that are now not going to experience uh, the Olympics, just the whole pageantry of that. And so just that mindset is what is going to get missed because it's that moment in your life. Things change as an NFL rookie, regardless if you're the first pick or you're the, like they say, the end, the insignificant pick, the last pick, the 250 something pick. It doesn't matter. It is an experience that you will never forget for the rest of your life. So now that is gone because of this COVID-19 coronavirus. So it is going to be something that, well, now they, when they do reflect on it in life later on, when they get back to football, get back to baseball, back to basketball, it'll be like, well, well, I, my, there's no draft story for me other than because I had to sit at home. You know, we were on lockdown in California or, or Texas or Wisconsin. And this is what happened on me a draft day. I did talk to my agent. I did talk to the team over the phone, but there was no press conference. If I was the first pick of the, of the team, I didn't, I could not fly into Philadelphia or wherever to make my press conference to get, to get my photo with my Jersey with the GM that didn't happen because of the circumstances going on in the world. So that's going to be the, that's going to be one big difference that these um, kids coming up in the draft and then all these college, college kids, basketball kids, that did not have that experience that senior night is gone um seeing what um espn did scott van pelp having their own senior night episode on his uh show is i think is a big deal because there's a lot of work that then that's the final you know stage walk when you get that senior night have your parents out there on the basketball court or, or on the baseball diamond and that that day and even graduation ceremonies are now just going to be viral It'll be um, on uh, the internet, on video. And so, yeah, it's a different experience when it's not live in person and be a different reflection once that time comes to talk about it. All right, so uh, we'll take a break here. We continue on with uh, Game On with Amon Green. You had a little Gamers Lounge podcast earlier today. Did you play a little this or that? Always, man. Always this or that. All right, you want to do that? We'll do that here when we come back. You good with that? I'm good with that, Mike. All right, uh, we'll do that in a couple of minutes. That's John Audius. That's Amon Green. I'm Mike Heller, and this is The Mike Heller Show. On 1070 The Game and the iHeartRadio app. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter this portion of the Mike Keller Show, Game On with Amon Green, is brought to you by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. Mortgage lending done right. For more information, go to fairwaymadison.com and by Stoughton Trailers. Stoughton Trailers, built by the best to be the best. Check us out at stojobs.com. I'm Mike Keller. John Audius is with me, and so is Amon Green, the all-time leading rusher in Green Bay Packers history. And, Amon, you had uh, the Gamers Lounge podcast a little bit earlier today because I've got some other duties. I wasn't there with you. But uh, mm-hmm. one of the things you do is a this or that segment, right? I mean, kind of give yeah. me a sense of uh, – give our listeners a sense of what that is. Yep, it's just picking – it's basically you giving our, your picks of an item or a category. Um, so in the first item of the list is how would you say or how do you say – the word gyro, or is it gyro or gyro? The well, sandwich. John knows the answer because um, it's it's a gyro, 
And anybody that says gyro or uh, puts a hard G on it, they're yeah. just, they're just wrong. wrong from the, yeah. Yeah, they're just wrong. And I agree. Every I have one good friend of mine. His name's Greg Zion. I'm gonna put him on shout. I already did it on the podcast. He is the one and only friend from New Jersey, from Bayonne, New Jersey, that swears to God. And there's everybody else is wrong that if you call it a euro, he calls it a gyro. I said, man, a gyro is some things, the little tops that you spin around. Yeah, and they go real fast, and eventually they tumble. Yes. That's a gyroscope. That's what you're yeah. talking about, right? Not a, not a euro, man. What's wrong? Yeah, I think uh, we, did we have wrong. this. We had this conversation we like on the show before, yeah. and there yeah. was a segment of the uh, listening audience, Amon, who did say, I, "Right, wasn't am I remembering no, this there, incorrectly?" There was, but okay, so let me do a little offshoot. There is it okay. a GIF or a GIF? Because the inventor says that it's a GIF. Right. Well, he's wrong. It's a oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, my, my bad. The inventor got it wrong. Yeah, the inventor's wrong on that, Amon. It's but if you do you, you do that little video, is that Amon? Is that a, a GIF or a GIF? It should be. Uh oh, a GIF. Oh. If it's a GIF, it, should, it needs to be spelled with a J. That's what he should do. Okay. Making us think. God, I don't want to think all the time. I just want to just read it and go. Right. Okay. Uh, right. The next item: Snickers or Kit Kats. Well, John, go ahead. Uh, Snickers all day. In fact, I I feel like the small Snickers, those little tiny Snickers, Mm -hmm. those are better than a normal size Snicker. And I don't know why. I don't know what they do to them. Maybe it's the ratio of everything. (laughs) But the smaller, the bite-sized ones are way better than normal ones. I'll go Snickers all day. I'm Snickers as well, John. Yeah, and I'm going Snickers and refrigerated, right? I mean, you get a cold Snickers. That is is the best Snickers. Yeah, it's the best Snickers you can get. You you go on uh you get on a, a snack shack at the turn on a golf course, and if they have refrigerated Snickers, you are living the life. Ooh, you are gold. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I hear you. I like that. All right, next item is drive-in theater, and even though everything else is shut down, regular theater once it does open back up. Last time, Adius, that you were at a drive-in movie theater. I don't think I've ever been to a ever? drive-in. Like, ever. never in what? your life? No, I don't think so. No. Ooh, you're a phenomenon. Well, where do they exist? Seriously. They don't exist They're anywhere. up here in northeast Wisconsin, Freedom, Wisconsin. It's called Field of Scenes. And so I'm a drive-in movie theater guy. I love them. Um, so Field of Scenes in Freedom, Wisconsin. So there is one in northeast Wisconsin that one summer, it opens up Memorial Day weekend and it closes Labor Day weekend. So it was open with. Majority of summer, so like four or five months. Yeah. I'll tell you what, John, you missed it. Uh, I grew up in Appleton, and there were a couple of them in and around Appleton growing up. And it's, we would, you know, when you pulled into a drive-in movie theater, they would would count the heads in your car, and you pay per person, not per car. So we'd hide people in the, you know, they knew what was going on. We'd hide people in the trunk. Yeah, you get people in the trunk, and then it was also a place to go if you were bold enough to, you know, to underage drink, right? True. Yeah, because we did you, that. You, we was a few in uh, Council Bluffs, Nebraska, yeah, you know, Council so Bluffs, Iowa, right across from uh, Eastern Omaha. So that was the thing to do: hide in the trunk. Mike yeah, Miller, that's a Midwest and, thing, right there. Right, and <laughs> it was also, you know, I mean, um, movies that you probably shouldn't have been able to get into R-rated movies. That uh, if you had a couple of sixteen-year-olds in your in your car, they would be in the trunk. That's you know? so hilarious! That's, you guys sneaking in people in the trunk to watch. Oh, driving driving movie theaters in that way were that that was part of um, 
coming of age. Yes, uh, it was. Driving movie theaters. I just sneak in candy to normal movie theaters. You guys are sneaking in people. Yeah, Kari's still doing that. <laughs> bringing in, uh, bringing in candy and you know inner purse and coat pockets into movies. Yep. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's called balling on the budget. Not me. No. <laughs> right. uh, next item on our this or that list is swimming in an ocean or swimming in a pool. Oh, yeah. All right. So there's a fair question because you stay at resorts or hotels uh, on beaches. Where are you going to swim? Um, I'm ocean. I'm going to swim in the ocean. Okay. That's All right. That's where I'm at. Um, you know, John. Okay. I'm going to answer this question for John. All right. <laughs> John is using the pool because the ocean is unsafe. There are sharks out there, and he's not letting Avi go in the ocean. He's not going in the ocean. Ragan's not going in the ocean. We stayed at this hotel, and they've got a pool. We can walk on the beach, but we are not going in that water. Mike Keller, you are actually wrong um, because <laughs> look at the statistics of shark attacks. It, it, it's not even really a thing. Um, so I would say ocean, even though, guys, you, I, I don't know if Amon knows. I don't know how to swim. Uh, but I would definitely wander into the ocean, not too far. Um, all day, ocean over a pool. What are you? What are you kidding me? I'd rather That's be at you a- and Ben. Ben doesn't know how to swim either. We oh, gotta really? take you off and get swimming lessons. I know. Man. I don't get that. I, I do how not, you not get know that. How to I don't swim understand. At the age you are. I know. Come on. I need adult swimming lessons. As soon as they there open the go. pools, maybe that's what I should be going to do. There yeah. we go. Yes, we gotta get that. We in, need man. Beta Nelson to teach me. At, uh, I'm, I'm in the ocean too, by the way. And, and okay. growing up, and every time we go on a family vacation that would include a beach, the body surfing. Um, you know, I yep. never surfboard surfed, but yeah, I love being I, in the ocean. I learned how to surf two summers ago in the uh, Pacific Ocean, and I'm right outside. Cold water. At that time, it was actually not bad. Yeah. Atlantic is sometimes mostly colder than the Pacific. Well, it Pacific depends on where you are. This time of the yeah. year, this yeah. time of the yeah. year, Pacific is colder. Yeah. Because um, it's winter time. All right, uh, breakfast or dinner? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Um, I'm a breakfast eater. So, you know, here, okay, here's something I, I'm that a, I'm a breakfast I do. Well. I would go. never do it the opposite way, but sometimes I'll have breakfast for dinner. I've done that. We do But that I would never here. have dinner for breakfast. It's not like I'm waking up and having lasagna. Or a steak dinner. Yeah. Or that could be steak and eggs. That's breakfast. But here at the greenhouse, we definitely do breakfast for dinner. But I'm a breakfast guy as well. We got breakfast for dinner on the menu for tomorrow night in the Adi's household. But yeah, breakfast all day. Oh, like, hold please, all hold, day hold. Breakfast. Don't bury the lead here. You have a menu already planned out that tomorrow night's taken care of. Oh yeah, yeah. Nice. What is breakfast for dinner now. tomorrow night? Is it like egg waffles or what is that? No, it's pancakes, eggs, and bacon. 
Uh, like Bisquick yeah. pancakes yeah. or uh, out of the box Aunt Jemima? Or are you making it with, from scratch? Um, I think we'll probably go with those, uh, like the protein pancakes. Have you ever seen those? Oh, the, the pro- I've seen those. I forgot okay. the name of it, but yeah, they got extra protein in them. Bacon from a local bacon place in uh, well in Iowa, where my wife is from, and then yeah, just eggs, scrambled eggs. Okay. Yeah, all right, it's gonna be okay. delicious. Oh, good. All I right, like making dogs. fun of John for eating healthy. You ever know? I don't know if you've know picked up. On I'm that picking yet. up on that. Now. Oh yeah, yeah I'm on. he loves like he loves to make fun of me. Like I'll, I'll talk about like things I'll eat healthy. Not saying anything that I just said there was healthy or not, but well, the and, protein. Well, yeah, uh, and he'll, he'll make fun of me. Like, and I'm, what am I supposed to do? Like, yeah, you're right. It is healthy. I don't know. I don't. Yeah, is that right, supposed to be bad? I don't get it. it. Here, here's no. a little quirkiness, right? I mean, uh, yeah. I, I love. I make uh, from scratch buttermilk pancakes. All right, so. Mm. You know, uh, all right, but I'm a little quirky on it in this way. Aunt Jemima butter light syrup is the the only thing. I mean, I'm not really somebody gives me uh, pure maple syrup. I'm probably I say thank you. That is awesome. What a great natural. You turn down natural milk. I will. I will. He's crazy. I don't know. You're weird. I I told you I I said it was quirky. I know. Yeah, it is. It's a little quirky because I've I've had people I know that. They have maple syrup farms, and I'm getting straight. Oh man, they're it's the best, it's right? The best. Yeah. So speaking yeah. of, I'll just jump over. We'll go back to one. But speaking of maple syrup, pancakes or waffles? Oh, good segue into that. Oh, good dang, segue. It's difficult, but it's got to be pancakes. It's got to be waffles. pancakes. I'm a waffles guy. I like to distribute my maple syrup in yeah. the waffle squares. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> and it evenly is perfect. For each square that goes into my mouth, every bite yeah. is perfect with every the bite amount is of syrup yeah. distributed. <laughs> well, I like the <laughs> that's pancakes. My a, that's my atypicalness coming out right there. <laughs> I like the pancakes though because if you get the right uh, type, it'll soak in. You have a mm. little bit of soaked in syrup action. Yeah, right? uh, let me take you back a couple of spots here. Uh, Ellie tweeted in at Mike Heller Show at Heller Sports. Listening to you on the radio, and there is a drive-in movie theater right outside of Jefferson, Wisconsin, on uh, Highway 18. Been there for many years. So, John, close enough to go to. Jefferson, Wisconsin. Okay. I think you ought to take. What a great treat that would be to take. Avi, this spring or summer. Summer. Yeah, you, Reagan, and Avi go to a drive-in movie theater. Okay, well, I'll put it. it, uh, Tell Siri to remind me that. She's going to think that's the coolest thing that she's ever done in her life. Yeah, it is. And what Freedom does, they do a it's always a double header. So they start off the first matinee that usually is around six between uh, seven and eight. That's when the summer, you know, sun sets later. So that first movie starts around eight o'clock, which is around dusk. It's usually a children's movie. So like the last few years, Frozen, Perfect. Frozen 2. And then, then the second movie. The second one. Yeah, exactly. Or Correct. Avi it's falls asleep and, and you and Ray there you go. see a second movie. It's, uh, it's not second. necessarily, the second movie is not necessarily rated R, but it's more action. Yeah. It could be action right. comedy, something like that, but more adult. So, And so the last item on this or that list is dogs or cats? I'm a, uh, well, I don't have a pet. All right. So we don't have either, but. Ooh. I've okay. never had a cat, um, so that makes me a, a not a cat person. I would be a right. dog person, but we don't actually have a dog right now, So, uh, nor do we have plans on it, although our son Jackson wants us to get a dog. But Jackson's going to leave for school in a year and a half, so right. we're not getting, we're not getting a dog. That I, <laughs> that'd be your dog. Yeah, he says, no, I'll take care of it. I said, well, no, you won't. I'm going to be away at school. <laughs> yeah, so you no, got to keep it real with him. 
Yeah. Yep, you gotta keep it real with him. That is y'all dog, not not his yeah. dog. So we're not getting one, but I'm a dog person. Uh, dogs all day. Dogs all day. Yeah. Cats are yeah. mean. Dogs are goofy and nice. Cats are interesting. Mean, John? Come on, John. Cats yeah, animals be... not mean. Well, they're cats. just they're just themselves. But I'm a dog person. But I have some cat stories because I did have some cats when I was a kid growing up. I had two cats. First cat was Whispers. Uh, whiskers. I'm sorry. Whiskers. whiskers. <laughs> well, see. Yeah. Whiskers. And he was actually an alley cat. Mom, I was surprised my mom let me bring in, bring him into the home because he was an alley cat. He was a street cat in Los Angeles. But she did. She had the heart. And we got him all fixed, you know, took him to the vet, got all his, all his shots. So he was good. Um, we, I, I think I owed him, owned him like a couple years. And he, he's just crazy just passed away one day i found i came home was like oh my god and that was you know i was like man and so probably about a year later one of my friends in the neighborhood was like hey mom my mom is making me give away um, my cat i'm like um let me ask my mom and see if i could take him in i say we already had a cat no problem so my mom i asked her she said yeah no problem so i get in i get the cat the cat this cat's named buttons and i didn't change the name i kept him buttons and buttons was off the chain, okay? <laughs> Two things he did. I, I blame one of these things on my mother. God rest her soul. She, oh my gosh, she did. She met. She threw me under the bus on on one of them. So the first thing was, I found out within a month that I'm dead asleep. And you know, cats are just so inquisitive. They don't sit still sometimes. Dead sleep on a school night. I wake up to buttons attacking my feet. Oh, under the covers, like totally full on Rocky Balboa with my feet scratching. And I, I'm i like, what is going on? <laughs> I, I get waking up to scars on my toes. Yeah. I'm like half. I'm like, I'm like half dead at school the next day because everybody, you know, I didn't get all the sleep I should have got. Like, everybody right. like, what's wrong with you? I like my cat attacked my feet, man. <laughs> you know, I got blistered. I got all type of scratches, blood, yeah. little blood, everything. Yeah. Right. And then the second thing, like I said, blame this on my mom. God rest her soul. But she's just being a parent, teaching, I guess, teaching me a hard lesson. So I had summer camp and it was a summer. It was a week of summer camp in the Sahara, Nevada mountains in Los Angeles area, which is about an hour and a half away. So I was there for a whole week. She did not go in to check on him or change his litter box. Uh Oh, so I come back seven days later. The litter box was not bad because, you know, I, I made sure I gave him a full clean one before I left. The problem was that all my sport posters were ripped down. I had Michael Jordan. I had oh, Ken no. Griffey Jr. I had the L.A. Raiders poster. All I had um, Batman poster. All of it just on the floor. I'm like, Mom, you gotta come and you, you didn't come and pet him. Cat. You didn't come and just like hang with him for a couple minutes a day. She's like, No, that's your cat. I'm like, Oh, oh boy, what? Oh, <laughs> man. Yeah, right, we, I'm a we'll, dog guy. I got yeah, you are a dog guy. Uh, we'll yeah. continue in a couple of minutes. I want to update uh, a Twitter poll question and ask Amon what he would vote for. We'll give you the details on that when we come back. Game on with Amon Green inside the Mike Heller Show, brought to you by Fairway Independent Mortgage and by Stoughton Trailers. Back in a moment, this is the Mike Heller Show. On 1070 The Game and the iHeartRadio app.
Continuing on the Mike Keller Show inside the Mike Keller Show on Wednesdays in the 4 o'clock hours. Game on with the Mon Green. Brought to you by Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. Mortgage lending done right. For more information, go to fairwaymadison.com. And brought to you by Stoughton Trailers. Stoughton Trailers, built by the best to be the best. Check us out at stojobs.com. So posted this Twitter poll question earlier today. I want to get Amon's view on this. Which non-playoff NFC team from a year ago is best positioned to make a Super Bowl run. So the recency bias is sitting with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because now they have Tom Brady as their quarterback. He'll be 43 when the season begins. Dallas Cowboys were also a non-playoff team a year ago in the NFC. They were 8-8. Mike McCarthy, now their new head coach. And the Rams played in the Super Bowl two years ago but did not make it last year at 9-7. They didn't make the playoffs. Of those three, or maybe – because I left out Arizona and Chicago and Atlanta. Is there which which of the non playoff teams from a year ago is best positioned to make a run? I will have to go with the Los Angeles Rams. Really? And You're off the board why, on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, reason why is because they've been there before a couple of years ago. Usually there's that slump right after a Super Bowl loss. Um, even sometimes a victory, but they were in the Super Bowl lost to the Patriots, and then they had that slump. And then, you know, Ty Gurley injured. That kind of slows the process of the offense getting better or progressing up with Jared Goff at QB because we know you have a good if you have a great running back, that pass game feeds off the run game. So with that not happening, that's where things basically got exposed with Goff and defenses coming in to face the Rams. Didn't have to do a whole lot of adjusting because they knew they were going to be pass heavy, and that's easier Trust me, to defend and having to deal with a running back out of the backfield and wide receivers that get open or have a good quarterback to get the ball to them, like Jared Goff and all his uh, all his weapons, and Brandon Cooks being one of them, um, being the speedster. So that right there would be my reason. And Sean McVay is always that coach has been innovative and always thinking of ways to uh, different offensive schemes, different ways to attack a defense. And so I think he'll have that uh, under another year on his belt to do that and get and then another, you know, another draft. Right. Not much going on in free agency, but still has the nucleus of their team in defense where they do did lose some players. But I believe defense is still there as well. All right. So little, let's, yeah, let's, let's ahead, let me talk about Tom Brady for a second, because I, I was really uh, surprised, I guess, in a way, Amon, to hear you say that you thought Nick Foles was the second best quarterback in the NFC North last week when we found out the news about Foles. How much do you think Tom Brady still has left in his career? He'll be 43 leading that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team that was seven and nine last year. He has two years left in him. I bring this up because he did an interview. I'll never forget it. But last season with someone and the whole time through the interview, the reporter was asking him, when are you going to call the quits? You know, is it this year? He's like, no, he kept pointing out 40, 45, saying it, putting fingers up, saying 45. So it was when he's 45. So two years left, two and a half years left in his tank. And that means he's going to be ready to go Um, physically. Obviously, body may be failing him, but. As a professional and as a guy who gets prepared every season, he's going to you know, do what he's done, get his shoulder pads on early, his helmet on, start throwing the ball around, working with his trainer to get in the position to make sure he can come in and be the Tom Brady that's always been there. But obviously with his body feeling, he could be that Tom Brady that knows before, you know, he knows the mental side of the game where I know what I can do with the ball, what positions or what um what spots to throw it in before the ball snaps. So then I don't have to, you know, 
I say muscling in all the time and save that for big throws when I need it later now and in the, in the regular season because that's going to be it's going to be an interesting twist. I say turn of events where that Bucks team becomes that threat of of a, of a team with him in in in, in the backfield but it's really st- still ready waiting to see that first because we don't know just because he's on the roster don't mean they're gonna be great we got to see how football yeah. gonna get played if we even get to play football and that's sure. what fingers crossed so we yeah, hope we'll yeah. be able to do that Amon, i think there are a lot of people out there that would right now de-, de facto or default to tampa bay being the best team in the nfc and i don't get that i don't i don't right. think they're the best team in their division now they've no. got weapons he's got tight end. yeah the he's got a tight end yeah i agree <laughs> He's got a tight end. He's got wide receivers. Uh, looks like they just added Dominican Sue today on the defense. So they certainly have weapons. And, and I asked this of Charles Davis earlier today. I said, if it went sideways in Tampa, what would the reason be? And he said that the obvious is that if it goes sideways, it'll be because Tom Brady gets old. And <laughs> And He's already listen, old. I know, but <laughs> at some point, old, like. at some point, Father Time wins every fight. He wins True. every fight. He's undefeated all time. And there are some that say Father Time won the round in the fight a year ago against Tom Brady. And once you lose a round, if you're fighting against Father Time, it's hard to come back and win a round, right? I mean, once you yeah, lose a round, you're about ready to get knocked <laughs> out. And I still think that that has a chance of happening. Um, but through history, there's been some athletes through the sport, through their sports, they've been able to overcome that yep. um, and 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 get one more extra round and get that that walk off career championship or walk off season. Um, but for Tom, we just, it's a wait, it's a hurry up and wait right now. We just hurrying up and finding out. Okay, where's he going? Where's he going? Is he gonna go here? He's gonna go there. Okay, boom, he's in Tampa. But like we said, they have the weapons, but still is. How is everybody going to communicate? How are they going to get along? We know Bruce Aarons is the quarterback whisperer, but it's just you got to wait and see because minicamp, will they have it? Don't know. Draft, we know it's going to happen, but will minicamp have it? Where that bonding and then that time that you got to have in place for the team, a new team with free agency, which happens every year. All 32 teams go through it, but you got to use that time to then you know, get adjust and get used to each other. Now that time might not be there. So that's going to be interesting to see. And then training camp too, which we don't know that that may not happen. How impressive is it to you, Amon? Because you're, uh, I think you're, you're, you're older than Tom Brady. And we just saw Peyton Manning celebrate his 44th birthday yesterday. He's been all the league for almost half a decade. I know your position, obviously different demands on the body than a quarterback like Tom Brady. But when you hear that Brady is going to be 43 years old and he's still playing, I mean, how does, from a former athlete's perspective, is that impressive to you? At what level is that impressive to you? What do you think of when you hear that? Oh, man, I love it. I mean, it's impressive. I say that because it's just, I know the toll. I mean, regardless of what position on the football field, there's obviously some positions more than others that take the brunt of the hits. But even at quarterback, I played with some great quarterbacks. I played with Warren Moon, who played into his 40s. Brett Favre, who played into his 40s. And it's still a toll on their bodies physically and then there's a toll on their minds they're meant on the mental side of it too in terms of the game film when can they just um decompress and not be worried about who's what defense they okay round two name something that's not boring a laundry oh a book club computer solitaire huh ah oh, sorry we were looking for chumba casino 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You got to face come Monday night football instead of just going home and relaxing with the family. There's really no letdown time. I say they're the quarterback position is the one position closer to a coach of any, you know, head coach to defensive coordinator than anybody on the football field because they got to know every single detail of position of guys on the offensive side of the ball. And the great ones know everything that the defenders do on the defensive side of the ball. So it's just interesting to know and see where he's at. And I love it because, I mean, if I could still get it, get it in right now, I would. Yeah. <laughs> and so hats off to him. He's two years. Like, he got drafted in 2000. I was drafted in 98. If I would have stayed my senior year, I would have been drafted in 99. So it's just I, I'm, I love it. I love it. And if he keeps winning, that just goes to show that all these GMs that talk about when eight guys reach a certain age that, you know, they are not as good as they were when they're younger. No, they're not as good as when they're younger, but they could still go out there and win. Um, and I did, I think guys, I think GMs got to be able to just kind of let that happen instead of be worrying about, Oh my God, he's old. We got to let him go. Give him opportunity to mess up first and then let him go. You know, um, because the, 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 yeah. the, the, I say the play, the gameplay and the competitiveness in Brady is still there. Uh, Amon Green, before we uh, wrap up the hour, your thoughts on Devin Funches, who didn't play much of it all. He had three catches a year ago because of injury. But two years ago in Carolina, 44 catches, 550 yards, four touchdowns. He's just going to be 26 years old uh, coming up in May. The Michigan product, uh, any thoughts on his signing in Green Bay? Um, It's a much-needed one because what I see from the core receivers that are here for the Packers right now – Nobody has stepped up. We had one or two efforts. Um, Lazard was one of them. At the, at the, I say end of the season. At the beginning of the season was Aquamanius. He stepped up, but then kind of faded away. Lazard stepped up at the end of the season, but it was the end of the season. So now you're going to kind of bring another competitor in there. He's been he's been another place. He's been in Carolina where they had a, a nice, good receiving core. So that competitiveness and that ability to do big things with his body because he's a big receiver might bring out the competitiveness in others, you know, because that's going to motivate them. Oh, man, they brought another guy in. <laughs> that's how guys talk. They'll, they won't say nothing, but they're going to be like, man, they brought this other, this new guy in. Even yeah. though he's not new to the league, he's new to us. Then that what they saying to us, are they saying that somebody's slacking? You know, somebody might be, you know, be the next guy out. So that means I better step up my, my game. I better come in ready to go. Come in knowing my plays and knowing my routes, catching every ball thrown my way. So that means it just brings that awareness up. It's like, okay, they're making changes, so I need to be on my A game. All right, the podcast is up, Gamers Lounge with Amon Green. The podcast uh, from today is up and running. Go check that out. And Amon, we'll look forward to next week. We always appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Good talking with you.
Game on with them on green. Brought to you by Fairway Independent Mortgage and by Stoughton Trailers. We still have one hour yet to go. Brian Posick will join us in about 20 minutes and a conversation with John Feinstein, one of the great American sports authors that you'll hear at about 5.30. Stick around. This is the Mike Heller Show. On 1070 The Game and the iHeartRadio app. Send a tweet at Mike Heller Show. Now, alongside John Audius, here's Mike Heller. Move into the five o'clock hour of the Mike Heller Show on this Wednesday afternoon, and we welcome you aboard. A busy hour forthcoming. We'll visit with Brian Posick. That'll happen about twenty minutes from now, and then a great conversation, longer form uh, visit with John Feinstein, one of the great American authors, joined us uh, earlier today on the Rich Eisen Show. And as we're doing in these times, and you can understand it, our conversations with guests are. More of that, more conversation, more uh, it's a longer formatted uh, visit because there's not a game to talk about. And although um, John Feinstein has a book to promote, we did uh, just a little conversation in regards to his latest book that was much uh, more wide ranging in that visit. Uh, And I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, That'll happen at about 530 or so. And uh, the news of the day, um, I think if you want to look at the bright side of things, Mark Cuban, principal owner of the Dallas Mavericks and one of the more powerful influences and voices in the NBA, he is on record believing that the NBA could return uh, by mid-May and not much later than June the 1st. And he's been visiting with with influencers from the CDC, and, and he thinks that we're on track to do that. So if you wanted to look for... Um, you know, a, a ray of sunshine on the horizon, that might be it. And that's talking about two months from now that you might be back to play or very close to being back to play in the NBA. Now, there's no outside confirmation on that. It's Mark Cuban's view. Uh, but I th- he is an influencer there and not just uh, off the cuff in those comments either. We'll see where we go with that. Certainly from a Bucks fan standpoint, one of the fears here, you know, there are bigger fears to have than uh, the games being played. But the Bucks are on, you know, in the hunt to win an NBA championship. They have the best record in the NBA. It would be so disappointing in so many ways to have that completely wiped out. So maybe there's some hope to be had with that. Also, a visit earlier in the show today with Gary D'Amato, uh, who th- who is encouraged, optimistic rather, maybe is the right way to phrase it, about maybe a change in course with Governor Evers on the ability to golf in the state of Wisconsin, which as of today doesn't exist at least through April the 24th. But Gary D'Amato told us earlier in the program, based on some of the changes of course we've seen with other governors, including the state of Illinois, our neighbors to the south, um, that maybe Governor Evers, maybe that will be revisited as it relates to the ability to golf with restrictions in Wisconsin prior to April 24th. So good stuff there. 
as well. So we welcome you aboard. My name's Mike Heller. John Audius is right there. Hey, John. Hey, fellas. What's up? Here's what's trending. Trending sports news. Could golf courses in Wisconsin open? I'll get to that in a second. But do you see what Mark Cuban had? Oh, wait. Never Never mind. Mike took all what? the what's trending no, when not. there's no sports going on. That's not true. Come on, man. Uh, let's start then with the National Football League. Uh, the Packers. I don't think we've ever uh, had the chance to comment on Devin Funches. I think that news broke literally right as the show was ending yesterday. But a six right. foot four, two hundred twenty pound receiver missed most of last season after breaking his collarbone in his Week One debut with Indianapolis. Soon to be twenty six year old. Devin Funches joining Green Bay. How will this help the Packers' offense, or won't we see any differences? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, um, I, I think we'll have to to wait and see. He's not old. I mean, he's talking about a guy that's going to be 26 when the season begins. Um, he had uh, some productive years in Carolina. Uh, his best year was 2017: 63 catches, 840 yards, eight touchdowns. Uh, he's got 21 career touchdowns, so he's gonna—he's certainly fresh. He didn't play really at all last year with a broken collarbone. Had three catches. Um, I, he's a bigger-bodied receiver. I don't know. I did, listen. Competition here is good, and Green Bay didn't go get one of the um, higher-calibered free agent-wide receivers. So um, Devin Funches coming to Green Bay, you would think the rest of the other work that they would do with receivers would be done in the draft. Uh, with maybe they'll get one in in the first or second round of the upcoming NFL draft. So, we'll, we'll, I think we'll see on Funches. He's done some things. He's not a featured guy, uh, but he could be a good two or three, to pay, uh, you know, depending on what happens with Equinemius St. Brown and Marquez Valdez-Scantling and uh, some of the periphery that the Packers already have in Geronimo Allison that are in play. Maybe Funches is a better option. One of the areas of need I thought the Packers should address this offseason was targets for, for Aaron Rodgers. So they did this with Funches. Now, is he going to come in and totally uh, ignite the offense? No, but what you said is true. They'll probably add to that through the draft, and you come back with um, – uh, uh, with Devontae Adams and uh, why am I missing? Name the wide receivers. I'm missing the guy I'm trying to think of. Geronimo Allison, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, uh, Mark, uh, who, did the, who did I just, uh, <laughs> Equinemius St. Brown. <laughs> I'm missing somebody else. Um, but I, I think that should be a positive thing, I guess, for the offense. And then the other thing that uh, Amon Green pointed out, you know, from a player's perspective, you bring in more talent. That ups the game of everybody else. So is it a huge move? No. Is it a move? Yes. Uh, the Wisconsin State Journal confirmed, confirmed rather, through a governor spokesperson that state golf courses are... Are you missing Alan Lazard? Alan Lazard. That's what I'm here for. Al Lazard. Bump, 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 bump. Thank you. Al Lazard. Alan Lazard. Yes, that's who I was trying to think of. I, I, I have um, high hopes for Alan Lazard. I think he's a great player. Uh, the Wisconsin State Journal confirmed through a governor spokesperson that state golf courses are part, why is that funny, of the well, safer at home order and will be closed until April 24th. Uh, the Wisconsin PGA and the Wisconsin Golf Association were seeking clarification, but it is it is official. It's closed, but is it official, Mike? Because we had Gary D'Amato on uh, from Wisconsin.golf. You can go check out that interview right now at 1070thegame.com. And he points out, hey, our neighbors, Illinois, they closed golf courses, then they reopened them. Could we see that happen in Wisconsin? Yeah, I, I, I think we could. I think um, that 
the the smart view of this is yes, golf courses and golfers would have to play with restrictions. They would have to obey our distancing rules that are at play. But you can't tell me that a golf course is a more dangerous place to be out and about than a running path or the bike lane um, or just walking our city streets and sidewalks with your dogs. So in that regard, if you just if common sense can prevail on this and if those who are going to do it will follow rules, um, yeah, I would think that you would be able to open the golf courses, not the golf shops, not the bars and restaurants associated with golf courses, but the other elements, mainly as walking golf courses or single riders in golf carts, but then you're going to have to have protocols in place to make sure that they are sanitized properly when somebody is done. But as a walking option, I would think, yeah, John, we would be able to move into the direction where that ruling gets overturned by the governor himself. But we'll see. They did that in Illinois, as you just mentioned. Gary DeMano mentioned that Illinois had had a ban. It was it was under the stay-at-home uh, lockdown in Illinois. The golf courses uh, were not open. And then that was reversed. So maybe here, too, it will be reversed. Yeah, I, I, I would hope so. It feels like golf, when set up in the, in the correct way, like we talked about, taking all of these, uh, you know, various ways of doing it into consideration. It feels like it could be safe, right? You just, everybody stays well, away from each other. You hit the golf ball and you're not usually right next to the person you're going to play anyway. And you just step sure. aside and you raise the cups and you're you know, walking only. I, I, it seems like it would be safe enough where people would look at that and go, okay, yeah, let's, let's readdress. Let's address this again and reopen golf course. Yeah. Let's hope so. Yeah, I would I would hope so. Uh looks like the NFL draft is going to go ahead as planned. Now, I also read that they're trying to figure out exactly cuz there was some by the way, some pushback um from general managers saying that we want a little bit more time, but Roger Goodell asked that. Um and they're trying to figure out too exactly how this is going to look as far as the top draft picks and they're going to do some virtual stuff. It's going to be it's going to be interesting, I guess. Uh you could say when you tune, it's going to look different. In round one on April twenty third, that Thursday night. Yeah, and I, I think uh, you know Adam Schefter had the uh, the concept out there. What about one round per night for seven nights uh, to give us a made for TV event and something to look forward to? Uh, there's another version of that, John, that you could go Thursday and Friday night round one and round two, uh, and then double up on Saturday and Sunday to go rounds three and four and then five, six, seven. So you're, so I think it's seven rounds at the current stead, right? So you could just be done with it in that way. You don't need seven nights. I don't need a night devoted to the final round of the draft. I think it would be nice. Listen, I, I think you could you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then do maybe wrap around to Monday for the final round. Because I do think there is something – about having sports on on a weeknight. Or, and I know it's not sports, but it's sports-related. Just give me anything at this point because guess what's going to get old pretty soon? Classic games. All right? Guess what's going to get old pretty soon? Everything else you're trying to figure out to do. So give me something else. And I, I like the idea on a special one-time exemption because this is such a unique circumstance that you could do that. Um, Major League Baseball. They've been dealing with a couple of things, but one uh, area which I think we haven't touched on. And by the way, real quick, who, 
those who are afraid of sports talk radio over these next few weeks, so far so good. Because I think the reporters are doing a good job of unearthing stories. We've got the ideas of seven days of drafts. The NHL has postponed their draft. The NFL says they're going to continue on with their draft. Like, there's always story. Mark Cuban says June 1st is a good. There's always storylines flowing through sports that we would have been talking about if they had still been playing the games at this point. But anyway, that's a side thought. Uh, Delay will not interfere with Major League Baseball player service time. According to Ken Rosenthal, the Athletic, both MLB and the Players Union have agreed that any player who is active for the whole season will get a full year of accrued service time toward free agency, no matter how many games are played in 2020. Do you agree with that? Um, yeah, I, I, listen, I think most people don't know, and, and I'm, I'm in the category, don't know enough about how service time is calculated. Um, but yeah, certainly there's, uh, that at play. I don't think you're going to get, uh, convince major league baseball owners of this. This is how they, this is how they, uh, parse out their dollars. Keep in mind, was it Chris Bryant, uh, with the Chicago Cubs that they delayed his start? With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill big league clubs so that they didn't fall into this area we we've seen it done with the and some thought of that put into play with keston hira or orlando arcia as it rolled back there are teams and franchises that don't want to have their players up at the big league level um so that they don't miss out on one more year that they don't have to pay them the big dollars but it looks like so, they've agreed upon it according to ken rosenthal yeah like, it's kind of strange find it find it a little bit odd that that is um well, but hey, listen, you can find some common ground when there's nothing going on. So, yeah, I guess so. Hey, and finally, 20 years ago today, Mike, 20 years ago today, Badger basketball, this happened. Lewis gets the ball, looking, looking, throws it out to Smith. Four seconds, Smith steps back, launches a three. Off the back rim, no good. Kowski taps the rebound. Lewis is there, up the right hand, no good. Wisconsin wins the game. I can't believe I'm going to say it, but here it comes. The Wisconsin Badgers are going to the final four. Boom, 20 years ago today. Can't believe he's going to say it. He said it. Yeah. Good stuff. Brian Posick will join us in a bit. John Feinstein at the bottom of the hour. One, a really good conversation. Hope you don't miss it. It's all coming up. This is the Mike Heller Show. On 1070 The Game and the iHeartRadio app.
We continue on the Mike Heller Show Wednesday edition of this program. John Feinstein, one of the great American sports authors of all time, had a conversation with him earlier today on the Rich Eisen Show. We'll give that back to you. It's a longer-form interview. Uh, that'll happen about 12 minutes from now. You don't want to miss it. Good stuff. Uh, Wide-ranging. A lot of great conversation there. Brian Posick is uh, is joining us in these are extraordinary days that we're living in from a sports world, mainly about the uh, the emotion, the the cancels of certain things. And uh, you know, yesterday we talked with Beta Nelson, who is uh, not going to be going to Summer Olympic Games this year, but hopefully would a, a year from now. Really good conversation there. We talk about Wisconsin women's hockey, which would have been playing for a, hopefully a national title in in this time frame and. All of that is uh, being missed out on. I mean, it, and, and you live the life where women's hockey is concerned with the daughter on the team. How is that played? I don't hear Brian, so maybe we have uh, not connected yet with Brian Posick. Uh, so that is the plan. Oh, all right. Working on getting Brian. That's the deal. Now, the, here, here there's a little peek behind the curtain. We're social distancing I'm doing the show from uh, from Wanakee, and John's in the studio, and and uh, we didn't have that uh, that communication there. And we're trying to get uh, to Brian here, but John Feinstein will join us as we uh, mentioned at the bottom of the hour, replaying that conversation from earlier today on the Rich Eisen show. So that is something uh, that uh, is very good. Also, just a reminder, a little setting the table as we roll forward. Kelly Sheffield's going to join us for the full hour. I believe in the four o'clock hour tomorrow, and there's a lot to talk about there, um, from how you deal with with the current situation. Kelly's got young kids um, working through the process through the process at home, and in in talking about that, um, he's also got a former player that has reached out to him because, uh, at least for now, Lauren Carlini's Olympic dreams are dashed in the moment because they'll have to hold for a year, and that changes that. That entire landscape, we'll talk with uh, Lauren Carlina, I believe, next week, right? But Kelly Sheffield is in tomorrow on the program. And, John, that's um, it be an interesting conversation. You know Kelly better than I do. Uh, but um, in talking about the current landscape and, and college volleyball and talking about a former player, Lauren Carlini, and her Olympic dreams and all of that, uh, that'll be a good conversation that we'll have tomorrow on the show. Yeah, Kelly's going to be great. I know he has a story, too, about um – about being sick recently, right? I, I think Dennis Punzel reported this already, but he'll tell the story better than I can about how he was unsure about his health not too sure. long ago. So Kelly yeah. Sheffield will be on. And yeah, Lauren Carlini, the former Wisconsin setter, will join us next Tuesday for about an hour in the three o'clock hour. And we've got, uh, we had Amon Green on today. Friday, we've got a special guest lined up as well for an entire hour in the five o'clock hour. I think uh, some longtime fans of the show We'll uh, like what we're trying to do here on Fridays moving forward. So we've got we've got a lot going on. All right. Uh, so all of that uh, forthcoming. Also, uh, Kevin Harlan on uh, Rich Eisen tomorrow. So we'll bring you that. Uh, we'll bring that back to you in this portion at some point during uh, this show tomorrow afternoon. One of the great voices in American <laughs> sports. So all right, let's we- go. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, let's go through the things we haven't gotten to yet because we won't get to them because we got John Feinstein. You want to do that right now? Run through it, yep. All right, I've got uh, some things we haven't gotten to yet on the show. Mike, 15th anniversary of The Office. 
Why haven't you watched The Office yet? It's been 15 years since it debuted. What's holding you back? Be honest. Be open. Go. Are you talking to me? Why I haven't watched it? I've watched it. You haven't set. Well, I haven't seen the whole have series. Have you watched the whole season? Uh, I am. I have. I'm, you have? I think I'm in, uh, I think the last, and it's been a while since I watched it, but I think I'm through two seasons. Oh, well, that's surprising. I didn't know that. Well, I don't tell you everything I do, John. Uh, so what's your favorite, and, and the theme for The Office is very recognizable. And I know today on the Rich Eisen Show, also we haven't gotten to this as well, you have key themes uh, of all time, which I think is the most impossible to narrow it down about decades or genres or whatever, but your favorite three uh, television theme songs. Well, I, I put down, so somebody had tweeted out top three TV show theme songs ever, and you can't say Friends. So, I, okay, so I'm shades on this, but I um, tweeted back The Jeffersons, Welcome Back Cotter, and Cheers. Now, the other ones that jumped into, and I, obviously this is, the again, an age issue or age question, but Laverne and Shirley, Happy Days, uh, MASH, they're all right there, good times. So I, I put those three, uh, the Jeffersons, Welcome Back, Cotter, and Cheers. And John, John goes, well, what's Welcome Back, Cotter? Well, that was the introduction to uh, John Travolta. He played Vinnie Barbarino, uh, Gabe... Gabe Kaplan was uh, Mr. Cater. Um, and, yeah, uh, it, was, it was a great show in the set, great sitcom in the 70s. And, and everybody knows Cheers. So, um, yeah, the Jeffersons moving on up. What do you got? Oh, welcome back. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. That's and they good. played, yeah. you know, all the, all of those shows played full, you know, 45-second theme songs into the show. They don't do that anymore. They don't waste time with theme songs. I, I shouldn't say waste time because some of those are classic, but they no, they get right into the show yeah, for the most ahead, part I mean, nowadays. Go ahead and Google up Laverne and Shirley. Everybody knows that song, and, and you know it from the sitcom. So the song was critical to many times the success of the show. Friends has that. Cheers had that. Nobody nobody can hear this song and not think of Friends. I don't know why we can't include this on the list, by the way. but Because he thought it would win too much. Well, then it must be the greatest. Your clapping is off. All right, well, I have a delay. Can I do my fun fact about The Office real quick before we wrap up here? I guess. I was getting deep into, you know, there's no sports going on, so I was just looking up stuff. I was watching The Office, and I found out the original theme song for The Office before another TV show took it, Mike. Back when The Office was starting up 15 years ago, another TV show took this theme song, and this was supposed to be, this is real, this is supposed to be the intro to The Office, and I think it actually fits quite well. Mr. Blue Sky by ELO. Electric Light Orchestra. I don't know. I just think it's funny to, to think about how this could have been the song that when you watch The the, the Office, you're like, oh, Office is on. And it just kind of becomes synonymous with The Office. But. So you want to think you want uh, more confirmation that John um, is a bit quirky. What did you do then over the weekend? Oh, then I would turn on The Office on Netflix 
mute the TV and play this to see what it would look like. It kind of like, oh, this is what it would have been like. And it, it works so out. That's funny to it, me. It really worked out well. And then at the end, you know, like they'd play the theme song at the end and I'd just do it too. And I'd be like, yep, works out. Yeah, that's what I did this yeah. weekend. You know what movie we rewatched again last night? I've only seen it twice now, but I loved it. It was the movie yesterday. Have you seen the movie yet? I have yet? seen the movie yesterday. It's did nice. You love it yeah. or just like it? I liked it. Bit? I liked it a lot. How about that? Okay. All right. That's good enough. Kept, for you, me. kept you interested. Yeah. We're going to uh, replay for you our conversation with John Feinstein, one of the great American authors, joined us earlier today. Uh, Wide reaching conversation. I hope you enjoy it. You'll hear it when we come back. This is the Mike Heller Show. On 1070 The Game and the iHeartRadio app. We continue the Wednesday edition of the Mike Heller Show alongside of John Adias. And we're not really alongside one another. Uh, we're in separate locations practicing our social distancing, as we'll do for the foreseeable future. I'm in Wanakee. John is in Fitchburg. We welcome you aboard. Uh, we earlier today had a chance to visit with one of the – I just love visiting with John Feinstein because I think his storylines – and what he can talk about is so varied. He's written so many incredible books, um, most of them sports-driven, but not all of them. And earlier today we had a chance to visit at length with him, and that's one of the things I love about this time now is longer conversations, deeper conversations. We wanted to bring this back to you. Here's our conversation earlier today with John Feinstein. These are strange times, so let me begin by asking you just how are things, how are you, how are you coping? Well, Mike, I think you said it well. These are strange times. Uh, I'm coping okay, I think. It felt very odd last week, uh, Thursday to Sunday, to not be at an NCAA tournament site somewhere and covering games and writing columns for the Washington Post. Uh spent a lot of time uh, um, promoting this college basketball book, The Backroads to March, which uh, was supposed to be timed to the to March Madness, and uh, I guess in some ways people need something to read, so that's good. But it's it's really not the same, and uh, we're we're among the lucky ones, I think. Uh, we've got enough places open around our house that we can get takeout food when we want it, and um, I know that a lot of people are suffering a lot worse than we are. And uh, you know, I I hate it when people say let's keep things in perspective or this puts things in perspective because it's such a cliche. But it's true, especially in terms of sports. Obviously, we're all missing sports, but uh, there are a lot more serious things that need to be dealt with before we can get back to sports. John, you talk about this, your book, The Backroads to March, and, and in that, I mean, this is the, the perfect time for that. For those of us looking for those diversions, I mean, you've written in there uh, about uh, some of the different stories that maybe we don't always see. You talk about Tommy Amaker and Harvard, and Campbell University, and what they've done. Jim Calhoun, uh, certainly he's been front and center in, in all of this. How did you go about this process? Because we all follow it, but you have a different uh, a different storyline to take us through the back roads to March. Yeah, John, you know, this was for me in many ways a return to my early days 
uh, as a reporter and my days as a, a very young basketball fan growing up in New York City. Uh, what I loved about covering college basketball when I was uh, just out of college was how intimate it was in the sense that you could go into anybody's practice without a court order. Nowadays, you feel like you need one. Uh, you could talk to guys in the locker room before, after, spend time with coaches, travel with teams, uh, and get to know people. You didn't just cover the games. You covered the people. And I loved doing that uh, in my early days. And obviously, you guys know I've been around some of the biggest names uh, in basketball and in sports, but I've always believed that you don't have to be rich and famous to have a story to tell. That maybe goes back to my days when I was the night police reporter at the Washington Post. <laughs> and God only knows the people I was covering weren't rich and famous. Uh, and I, I, you know, I did a book on the Army-Navy football rivalry years ago. I did a book on minor league baseball. I did a book on PGA Tour qualifying school. None of those people were rich and famous. Uh, and this book was a chance for me to return to sort of that intimacy as a reporter. Uh, to spend time with players and coaches and, and be up close and be in locker rooms. And uh, it was a joy for me as a basketball fan. Uh, I, I don't think, I think there's a tendency for people to think that if you're not going to be mentioned in the draft lottery um, every time you make a basket, uh, that you don't matter as a college basketball player. I think the NCAA tournament proves that to be wrong every year when we see. UMBC upset Virginia when we see Loyola, Maryland, uh, excuse me, Loyola of Chicago get to the Final Four and through the years, George Mason, Butler, VCU, teams like that. That's the beauty of the, bas of the NCAA tournament. It's not right. the Dukes and Kansases and North Carolinas and the power schools that have more money than God and have Dick Vitale screaming about diaper dandies. I, I, I promise you guys, there's not one player who I wrote about in this book, who Dick Vitale has ever called a diaper dandy. <laughs> and and in, 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 a, in a very meaningful way for me, that's, that was the beauty of the reporting. And, and I did travel a lot of back roads, as you said. I went to Bowie's Creek, North Carolina. I went to Farmville, Virginia. And a quick story about that, uh, that's where Longwood University is located. And Longwood is now coached by a guy named Griff Aldrich, who actually went, was a lawyer for 20 years after he went to Virginia Law School. Made a lot of money, but basketball was always his passion. He played Division Three at Hampton, Sydney. And when his, his college roommate, Ryan Odom, got the job at UMBC, he called Ryan and said, you know, I, I, I miss basketball. I want to coach. And Ryan said, well, you can come here. I can pay you $32,000 a year. And Griff was making about 800000 a year at that point. So he took the pay cut. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.
family, wife and three kids from Houston to Baltimore, was part of the UMBC upset of Virginia two years later and got the job at Longwood. And when I went to see him, they were playing High Point that night. High Point's now coached by Tubby Smith, who people have heard of, of course, mm-hmm. having won a national championship at Kentucky. And during the game, my wife texted me and said, uh, I forget where you are. Uh, what time will you be home tonight? So I texted back. I said, I'm in Farmville, Virginia. I'll be home about midnight. Text came back. You're having an affair. There's no such place as Farmville, Virginia. <laughs> so the title of that chapter is, Yes, Christine, There is a Farmville. But I went to a lot of places, down a lot of back roads, and, and really enjoyed just about every minute of it. Author John Feinstein with us on The Rich Eisen Show. You mentioned you were a night police reporter at The Washington Post. What were you doing there, and what else have you written about? Because we know you from your great books. What else have you had to do to to reach to where you're at right now? Well, uh, I was very fortunate when I graduated from college to get a summer internship in sports at The Post, uh, which in many ways was a dream come true for me. Uh, I had read All the President's Men in college the way so many people did back then uh, and uh, dreamed of someday working at The Post. And at the end of my internship, uh, there were no openings in the sports department, but I was offered a job uh, as the night police reporter. And at that point, if they'd offered me a job sweeping the floors, I'd have taken it. Taken it, And yeah. uh, um, I worked as a night police reporter. Then I covered courts and cops in Prince George's County, Maryland. I covered politics. And my editor for a while uh, was Bob Woodward. And, uh, you know, for me, that was like working for God. And the funny thing is the first time I met Bob was after I had, quote, unquote, broken a story in which the soccer coach of the Washington diplomats got fired. And the reason I broke the story was because nobody else cared. Um, (laughs) But Bob's office was right near the desk I was assigned to as a summer intern. And that morning, because he's one of the nicest humans you'll ever meet on earth, he walked up to me, shook my hand and said, John, hi, I'm Bob Woodward. And I'm like, what I should have said was no blank, you're Bob Woodward. And he said, great job on the soccer coach. And I think my answer was something along the lines of humana, humana, humana. And I realized later what I should have said was, yeah, thanks, Bob. Nice job on Watergate. Right. Um, but I ended up working for him. And it was while I was a night police reporter, I'll try to tell this story as quickly as I can. But I walked, I did a three-paragraph story one night about (laughs) By the way, we've got plenty of time. (laughs) Okay, good, (laughs) because I do too. Um, A car crash at 2 o'clock in the morning. And nobody was killed, fortunately. Uh, Somebody had crossed the median in northeast D.C., slammed into, into a car coming in the other direction. All three people were seriously injured, but nobody was dead. And I wrote three paragraphs, which is what you did at 2 o'clock in the morning. The next day I came in and Bob said to me, you know, there's a great story there if you follow up on it. And I looked at him like, what, what are you talking about? And he said, what was going on in those people's lives at 2 in the morning? What, how did their lives perhaps change? What were they doing? Why were they there? So I went to the hospital. And in those days, you know, you could just walk into a hospital sure. and say, can you tell me what room Rich Eisen's in? And they'd go, yeah, room 644. Of course, yeah. nowadays, Rich would have a coterie of security around him, right? <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. But so I went to the hospital. I had the names of the three people, and I went to each of their rooms. They were all conscious by then and able to talk. And it turned out that the, the guy who had jumped the medium was a, ha- median, was a Howard University law student who'd been studying for a final and decided to go home to get a couple hours sleep before the final. And he fell asleep at the wheel and crossed the median. The couple who he hit had just found out that she was pregnant 
with their first child, and they were driving from Washington to Baltimore to tell their parents that they were going to be grandparents for the first mm-hmm. time. And they were actually holding hands and, and saying a prayer of thanks to God when they got hit. Thank God the baby was okay. But I wrote about what each of them was doing, thinking, what was happening in their lives. This story ended up on A1. And my, right. the lesson I learned from that, besides the fact that Woodward was a lot smarter than me, was that, again, you, you don't have to be rich and famous to have that story to tell. And I think I've built a lot of my career on that. I'm looking for stories that no one else is telling. I think it's easy to write stories about Tom Brady, to write stories about Tiger Woods or Mike Krzyzewski or any other sports celebrity you might care to name, and people do all the time. But I like to write stories, or in this case books, where when people finish they go, I didn't know that. That's sort of my goal as a reporter, tell people something they don't know. John Feinstein joining us on the Rich Eisen Show. That's fantastic. Now, I'm going to ask you a, a kind of a dumb question. Hopefully, you'll have a no smarter answer. Well, well, we'll find out. If you could go back to the most entertaining book that you've written, and I'm, I'm talking about the, the compilation of, of your information, how you went through the process. Is there a book in a time that you spent where you said, wow, that was just so much fun for you? What would yeah. that be? You know, there, there, it's hard to, I, I've written 42 books, um, 29 nonfiction, so it's hard to just pick one. But I, I would start with a Civil War, which was the book I did on the Army-Navy football rivalry, yeah. um, mm-hmm. which is going to be 25 years uh, this fall since I wrote it. Um, and it was because of the young men I dealt with. I tend to call them kids. They're not kids anymore. They're in their 40s. Um, many of them deployed. Uh, in the Army, Navy, and Marines. One died overseas, but I'm still very close to many of them because they're special people. I, I really believe that it's hard to understand from the outside what it takes to play Division One football at a place like Army or Navy or Air Force, uh, to, to deal with the academics, to deal with the military responsibilities, to deal with the lack of sleep mm-hmm. uh, that's always an issue, and then go and, and play Notre Dame. You know, when Navy beats Notre Dame, which they've done four times in the last 10 years, that's an upset almost right up there with Lake Placid. There's no way Navy should ever be able to beat Notre Dame. Notre Dame has every, and I'm not picking on Notre Dame, but I'm saying they have every possible advantage. They have their own television network. Uh, you know, and, 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 and kids grow up dreaming of going to Notre Dame because of what it's meant to football. When, when you're, you're recruiting for Army or Navy or Air Force, one of the things you have to say to the parents is, and the players by the way, when you graduate, you're going to be in the military for five years, right? And you might very well be be at risk. Uh, that's not exactly a great recruiting pitch. Um, so I, I loved doing that book. I love the relationships I still have with those kids. And one of the reasons I wanted to do Backroads to March was because I did a book 20 years ago that was called The Last Amateurs, and I spent a season uh, writing about Patriot League basketball which was seven schools back then. It's a 10-team league now. It was Lafayette, Lehigh, Bucknell, Army, Navy, uh, uh, Holy Cross, and Colgate. And though there was nobody in, in the league at the time who ever played in the NBA. Uh, Donald Foyle played at Colgate, went on to play in the NBA. That was before I got there. And years and years ago, before it was called the Patriot League, obviously David Robinson played at Navy, and that was a unique situation. But these were kids who played basketball because they loved to play. 
and because they love the competition and the camaraderie that comes with it. And they believed they were good players, although they knew they weren't going to play in the NBA. And this book is really that book on steroids because it's national. Uh, and it's kids who love to play, and very few will play. One kid uh, uh, of all the kids I wrote about in this book was drafted um, by an NBA team. And, and like I said, they're not going to be stars. They're not going to uh, win ESPYs. Um, but they, although I, I should take that back because UMBC was nominated for an right. ESPY for upset yeah. of the year after they beat Virginia. I don't know how they didn't win. Um, but the, the, that was what I was trying to get back to, was that feeling. Because I enjoyed that book, The Last Amateurs, as much as any I've ever done. Uh, I loved the, the feeling I had walking into those gyms, and I loved the feeling I had walking into the gyms I walked into last season. And they are gyms, would, by the way, not arenas. Yeah. Right, yeah, no, without question. Um, and I asked Mike DeCorsi this earlier today about what advice he gives to young journalists that are getting into this because the landscape has changed. And Mike brought up that what he does now that didn't exist when he was getting into the business as an author. It's different in that way for you. But you get asked the question: What is that answer to the twenty-something that's getting into our, you know, broad scope line of work? What do you say? Well, my, my first question is, what do you really want to do? Uh, do, do, you want, do you want to be a writer? Because I still believe there's a very important role for good reporting and good writing to be played. Uh, it, it isn't so much in newspapers anymore. It is in books. It is in Internet co- content, obviously. But if you want to be in radio or TV, that's an entirely different thing. And, and Mike is an example of people who can do both. I've done both. Um, my heart is and always will be in writing and reporting. Um, but then if they say, no, I really want to be a reporter, I really want to be a writer, a journalist, whatever term you care to use, I, I go back to my own experience and I say try uh, to learn how to do everything. Don't just be a sports writer. Don't just be, be an editor. I, 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 was an edi- I was an editor in college and that was a that was great experience for me too. But when you've been a police reporter, this is what I say to kids, when you've been a police reporter uh, and you've had to knock on the homes of people who just lost a child, which I did have to do, that was part of the job, going into a losing locker room is never hard again. It, right. it does give you a perspective. It does make you understand that sports is important. I, 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 I laugh at people who say, oh, you know, why are we talking about sports? It's not important. You know, there are bigger issues in the world. Absolutely there are. But that's why sports is important, because it allows us to go to a place that has nothing to do with those issues. It allows us some relief. Now, sometimes people go too far with it, you know, when kickers, guys who miss field goals get death threats from alumni and things like that. But for the most part, sports is a great escape for all of us, and it, is, it can also be very much a bonding thing for people. When, you know, look, look at Chicago after the Cubs won the World Series. That was just... Wonderful to see, to a lesser degree here in Washington with the the two championships, uh, the Capitals and and Nationals have won. And I say that as a Mets slash Islanders fan. Um, But the bonding that that comes through that is, I think, an important part of of what is often a divided and polarized world that we're living in today. Yeah, last thoughts with John Feinstein as he joins us on the Rich Eisen Show. This is a, a time of both fear and of hope. What gives you fear, and and as you see it, what do you see is hopeful as we work through these times? Well, the fear is that, uh, to me, some of some of the leaders in our country uh, haven't completely accepted how serious this is yet. 
I mean, honestly, right. I, I don't make this as a political co- comment, but I'm I'm a Democrat. But but when I see a headline that says Trump disagrees with experts, I'm thinking, why are people called experts? You know, on, right. on our level, yeah. on our our jock level, it's like when Dan Snyder. The, the owner in Washington here tells his coaches and general managers what to do with the football team. What the hell does he know about football? What the heck does Donald Trump know about medicine or any of the other leaders who are claiming that, you know, we, three weeks from now we can go back to ordinary life? That's just not going to happen. Um, and, but my hope is that we'll, we will figure this out. It, will get, it may be months. I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be weeks but that when we do come out on the other end of the tunnel, remember, and of course, it's a completely different situation, but remember how we all felt when sports came back after 9-11. I mean, New York teams were getting cheered in Chicago, uh, right. and, and, and nobody booed anybody. Everybody understood that there's a difference between an opponent and an enemy, because that horrible day we saw the enemy up close. This is a different kind of enemy. But it's a very, very dangerous enemy. And I think once this is over, and which I certainly hope is sooner rather than later, we'll all understand that we, we've been dealing with an enemy, a, a, a horribly dangerous enemy. And let's understand when we get back to sports that the guys in the other uniforms are opponents, not, not the enemy. Great stuff earlier today from John Feinstein. I, I love every time we get a chance to visit with him and uh, look forward to the next time. Hope you enjoyed that as well. Uh, we're going to be busy on the show over the next few days. Kevin Harlan will join us on the program tomorrow. That'll be fantastic on the Rich Eisen Show. We'll bring that back to you. Also, um, Kelly Sheffield's going to join us for the 4 o'clock hour tomorrow. So he'll he'll we'll be socially distanced, I believe, but... Uh, Kelly's going to join us for the 4 o'clock hour, so we'll uh, get a wide-ranging conversation with the Wisconsin women's volleyball coach, somebody that John's very familiar with. And and Kelly, uh, they've spent uh, some time, he and his wife have spent some time here with us at at Red and White. So uh, looking forward to that conversation with Kelly on the program tomorrow. Plus, we have scheduled our conversation as we do uh, on Thursdays with Tom Hardercourt, keeping in mind that tomorrow is opening day in Major League Baseball. So, well, it isn't, but it is, right? So, uh, so we'll have a conversation with Tom Hardercourt. I'll figure out the timing. So the day is not happening. There are some opening day um, elements going on from That's his world. Hey, yeah. what were, where were you going to broadcast? Weren't we, I mean, we had everything planned out, ready for the Brewers to start there. I think we were doing a show from Lone Girl. I thought to be in Milwaukee, um, but doing a viewing party and a show from here, but we we won't. Uh, we'll be distanced apart. Uh, but you know, when I think of that, and I think of Lone Girl, and I think of the locally owned and operated bars and restaurants. Again, uh, many of them, a lot of us, <laughs> I say us, we're doing the same. I'm at Red and White now. Kari has put together cheese boards, cheese plates for people to uh, call in and order out to come pick those up including bottles of wine so that's happened throughout the show today and we encourage you to keep doing that for your local restaurants and for your servers to to go ahead and do the curbside delivery and take care of them uh our local restaurant bar owners uh, we're all in this together and in that way we can help one another uh, right. By the way, uh, no Brewers baseball, obviously, but we will replay the 2019 opening day tomorrow at 5 o'clock on WIBA. 
Very good. All right, we'll be back in here tomorrow on the Rich Eisen Show, and thanks for listening to the Mike Heller Show. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.